Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Very, very excited to be here tonight. It's going to be a really fun evening. Have some things to go over before we start the show. I want to do some announcements. First of all, I want to give out the uh, the phone number. So if you would like to call in and share something on the air, you can do that. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All right, and then when you get online, just listen for the prompts, and they'll walk you through the process, and I'll be able to bring you on to read tonight. I want to do the announcements, which are, if you have not heard of and or are not part of our Worldwide Poetry Project yet, you want to check out what we're doing. You can go to the group on Facebook by going to the link uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. Easy as rock, paper, scissors, and a little bit of glue, and go out and share poetry with the world. It's a really fun, really cool project, guys. So uh, you can do this anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter where you're listening from. And look forward to having you join us on that. The next thing is, if you are going, if you are going to be interested in doing a workshop with us, you can do so uh, by emailing me. Actually, messaging me on Facebook would probably be the easiest. If you're not on my contact list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Alrighty. And uh, we can get you set up. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these workshops. Alrighty. The whole basis behind this is we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn from each other. So, you know, it can be, uh, you know, it's actually just it's a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time together than we're afforded to uh, here on this show. All right. And you can do a workshop where you actually walk us through the construction of a poem. You can do a talk about a certain era of poetry, a style, a... Uh, genre, uh, your your favorite form of poetry, a poet, a poem, uh, whatever it is that you want to do, just let me know. We'll get that put together. You can do anywhere from a half an hour to a three-hour show, depending on what you need. We can pre-record these and or do them live. So it depends on if you want audience participation. So you know, either pre-recorded, live, or a combination of both. We can either start the show live and finish with the recording or start the show at the recording and then come on a little bit later and take messages from callers and such, okay? We've got one coming up with Emily who's going to be doing one with us really soon. I'm going to be gone for part of July. I will be out in Colorado uh, definitely the second week and possibly the third week of July. So we may end up having two workshops in a row in the middle of July, uh, and if so, I'm going to be really excited because we've been waiting a long time to get these coordinated. So just have to make sure we can get those up and ready for you by then. All righty. So 
before we get started with everything else, I want to make sure as well that I thank Star Sevron and James Wensapian and Roy Murdoch, all three, for helping sponsor the show this year, helping us keep on our uh, our three-hour license, being able to do the show. So appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Now, the fun stuff. So have a pencil ready or a pen ready with some paper or your little notebook you always keep handy when you're listening to the show because I know you all do that. Very important. What if you get inspired? It's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) um, every week I give you a writing exercise and a writing assignment. Last month, for the month of May, I did, for the writing prompt, I did song titles. And it was, uh, I gave you a choice of three titles. You could use one, two, all three if you wanted, write three different poems, whatever. It was really fun. And uh, I got quite a few emails talking about, you know, how you guys really enjoyed that one. So I decided to twist it up this week, or this month, excuse me, and do the same type of thing. So there will be three prompts this week, but a different, you'll see when I give it out. But this one's going to be a lot of fun and uh, really, really kind of, make you stretch those those poetic brains of yours and uh, step out of some comfort zones, I think. But we'll get to that in a second. The exercise, I'm going to give it real quick because I'm really excited about the prompt. I want to, the, but I have to do the exercise first. Exercise is different than a prompt. A prompt is, is intended to have you write a poem, whereas an exercise is intended to make you get messy. All right, so do something that you normally wouldn't do. Think about something in a way you normally wouldn't think about it. Write it about it in a way that you normally wouldn't or a whole new thing that you never, you know, even dreamed of writing a poem about. So this one is kind of like, I got the idea from, uh, I keep a journal by my bed because I wake up in the middle of the night with crazy dreams and I'll write down what I remember from the dream or things like that. And so this was kind of the concept. What's really fun about dream poems, and we'll talk about those sometimes if if you want to just shoot me a message, um, but they're they're abstract. You know, they don't really make sense except for the fact that the title holds them together because usually there'll be a, like dreamscape or something. But, but it's considered abstract poetry, or it can be considered abstract poetry, or you can write it however you want. But this is kind of designed to, to keep that vision in mind, okay? This is a Picasso poem. But instead of doing your dreams, what I want you to do is this is seven days, seven lines. And it's a week between shows, so I thought this would be really fun because remember, if you do your homework, even if we're at a one-call limit, you get to read two poems. You get to read your homework and your regular poem. All right, so now it is, ready, seven days, seven lines. What I want you to do is I want you to write a poem um, or work on writing, writing down these images, but a sentence about each day of the week. So the, the poem will be seven lines. And so at the end of the day, you can sit there with your journal and just think of all the random things that you saw that day. You know, man on Bess's dentures fell out, uh, you know, red sun rising. I don't know what it was. Okay, but write down as many just abstract thoughts, images, fragments of just whatever it is for that day. Then the next day they do the exact same thing. At the end of the day, just write down every random thought about the day you could think of. You know, Joe Joe wore a purple shirt, whatever. Um, And then at the end of the week, you go through that and you put together, choose one line from each day, okay, and make a seven make a, a a seven line poem of that. 
from one of the, the lines of each day of the week that you've written down. And that's really fun because you can do all kinds of things with that later on. You know, you'd be surprised how many of those things you write down could actually grow into a poem all on its own just because you thought to write it on paper. Or later on you can go back and you can write several poems using several different uh, lines out of each day of the week. Or you could try to write an abstract poem about the whole week using as many lines as you want, whatever you want to do. Uh, but the the actual exercise is seven days, seven lines. Write down everything you can think of at the end of the day. Pick seven of those, one from each day, and construct a poem of that. So that is your exercise. That's what you're going to go out and get messy with, okay? And uh, the next one, I hope you have your pens and papers, pieces of paper ready, because I want you to be able to write this down. So last month, we did song titles. This month, we're going to do headlines. And tongue-in-cheek but the the name of this the prompts for this month is fake news okay so when i was putting this together i thought about just giving you headlines okay such as the first one that's for this week so you can write this down if you want to the the first headline that i found that i grabbed was scientists find 540 540 million year old footprints that's the headline Scientists find 540 million-year-old footprints. Okay. And so that would be either, you can use that either as a title, as a line in the poem, or the concept for the poem on these. Okay, you guys? So whatever, however the seed, I'm just planting the seed, however it grows, that's entirely up to you. But I thought we would make it fake news. The real news is that they found footprints. But we're going to make this fake news. I don't know where I thought of that from, but we're going to do fake news, okay? So what I want you to do is underneath where you write down scientists find 540 million-year-old footprints, I want you to cross out the word footprints. And you can add any word that you want in there. Scientists find a 540 million-year-old Twinkie. Okay, so... You can write one about the actual news story if you want to, but I would much rather have you replace footprints and fill in the blank. Scientists find a 540-million-year-old what? Okay, so to me that sounds like it's a lot of fun, would be a lot of fun. So that's the first one. The second headline. The correct headline is, Man Knocked Out Cold by Angry Alligator. Man Knocked Out Cold by Angry Alligator. In this one, I want you to cross out the word alligator. And it's Man Knocked Out Cold by Angry Alligator. Or if you want to get really crazy, you could leave it Man Blank by Angry Alligator. So Man Got Wet by Angry Alligator. But I kind of like it better the other way. Man Got Knocked Out by cold, out cold by angry, what, blank. All right, so the third one is, (laughs) this one should be kind of fun too, I think. So the actual headline is, Last Surviving Munchkin from Wizard of Oz Dies. All right, that's the correct headline. Last Surviving Munchkin from Wizard of Oz Dies. What I would like you to do is write some fake news, a fake news poem. And it's last surviving blank from blank. Okay. Dies. So 
take out Munchkin and take out Wizard of Oz. And it will be last surviving blank from blank dies. Those are your four, or excuse me, three fake news headlines prompts for this week. So I think this is going to be fun, you guys. Maybe I'm just dumb, and maybe I'm just kind of a nerd, but <laughs> to me that sounds like a lot of fun. Because, you know, we, we get stuck in a rut. You know, we're writing love poems or we're writing whatever poems. You know, this is a totally abstract, weird, off-the-wall thing um, that most people would never write a poem about. So have fun with those, you guys. I hope I hope that you enjoy this month's series. I kind of like doing this now since we did the song titles. Yeah, each week we're going to have three new headlines for you, so make sure you have your pencils and papers ready to write those down. Now, before we get started, you guys, I want to, we always start and end each uh, episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to come on the show and, or would you like to send it in and have us play it on the show, put it in the show's library and play it on the air, you can email those to me at the word does in there, by the way, Cafe at gmail.com. That's the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. All right. Make sure you put MP3 file, audio recording, something like that in the subject line for me, and we can get those uploaded to the show's library and get those played on the air. All right. So it is the first week of the month, and per our agreement with the Speakeasy Council, because I never read or play any of my work, you guys are the council, I was schooled, and, and finally the, the agreement that we came up with is I would start the first show of every month with a track of mine, all right? So this is the first week, the show, first show of the month. Uh, so I'm going to play a piece of mine. Um, and I, I don't know which one to play. I'm not even pulling up the chart. I'm not going to ask. Um, if you guys aren't able, let me ch- check this real quick. If you guys aren't able to get into the chat room, Refresh the link that you're refresh the page that you're on. It's it's kind of stuck on me for me right now. I'm not able to get in. So if you aren't able to get in either, just to keep poking it with a stick. We'll see if we can get that up. Um, it looks like it may be connecting now. So yeah, if you're trying to get into the chat room, just go ahead and refresh the link or close that tab all together and reopen the tab and it'll open up the show player and then the the chat room of course is right below if you scroll down it's below the show player all right so it should be working now hopefully if if it's not you guys will let me know <laughs> you're good at that all right so anyway the piece that i was i was going to say i'd check the chat room but the chat room wasn't working to see which one i should play this really makes me uncomfortable i hope you guys know that that's why i got yelled at anyway so I'm going to play a piece. Actually, I'm going to play um, uh, Walls Never Silent. And uh, this, was actually, this was actually written for an old boyfriend, you guys, um, who had Asperger's and had a real hard time understanding emotions. One of my favorite boyfriends in my whole life. He was awesome. Um, but he had a real hard time with understanding the concept of of emotions, feelings, relationships, love, that type of thing. Um, so I, I wrote this for him. So, And uh, he's a pretty cool guy. Anyway, this is Walls, or I could be just making this up to make it sound good because I'm stalling. Anyway, Walls never saw, I shouldn't even play that one now, huh? <laughs> Leave you waiting. I'm not, I'm not going to play that one now. I'm going to play one of the very first ones I've ever done in my life, one of my very first recordings. 
Oh, no, I'm not. It's not working. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Okay, anyway, so here, let's do Walls Never Silent. His Walls Never Silent, and we'll be back in a second. Rawr. Walls Never Silent. It's the mornings that are the hardest. Walking by the closed door. The room empty now of the bed where you used to dream. I try not to go in there. You are still too thick in the air. On walls never silent, every kiss has become a shadow that prints still warm all whispering reminders. Echoes of poetry float aimlessly searching, painfully unfinished. Stars I used to cling to have turned to cheap plastic on the ceiling crowded by fingerprints of fingertips that used to be my universe. Your mark left behind from where you had to retrieve me. I still smell your skin. The inhale of it lies too light on my tongue, too heavy on my heart. And everything, everything is stained with this. I want to open the door and see you there. I want to make love to the sound of your breathing again. You never knew I used to watch you sleeping. The mornings were mine, and I was free to paint on your eyelids, your still lips, on warm skin and open palms, all the secrets I never told you. Never hid my love from you then. They were mine. Sweet, endless moments. And in those moments, I was a stranger to you. So that was one of mine, Walls Never Silent. Yay. No, I don't have to do another one until next month. I don't. Ha- I need to do some new ones. I haven't. I've, I've been so many things crazy going on, which a lot of you know about. Um, I haven't had a chance to record any new ones in, in about a year. I think I'm overdue. So, guys, once again, if you don't send your tracks in, have them played on the show's library, please do. The the word that's in there the 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 the, the I'm being Shakespearean the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail dot com all right and uh, make sure you put like like I said before put MP3 file recording something like that in the subject line all right and we start the, and end the show with one and if we get a chance to play them during the show we do as well would love to have those guys all right what comes next poets that's what the open mic section of the show. So, once again, if you'd like to call in and read on the air, the number is 646-595-3965, 646-595-3965, alrighty? When I bring you on, I bring you on in the order that you called in, alright? So, listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you in, make sure that you introduce yourself to everybody. It's really important that your name is attached to your work and people know who's reading, Right now, we've kind of got full phone lines, so we're starting out the show with one poem, unless you did your homework or your exercise, all right? If you've done those, then you get to read two. 
So you get to read your regular poem that you would normally read and your homework and or slash exercise. All right. Otherwise, we're doing just one poem. That's, see, that's my incentive to get you guys to do your prompts and stuff. I really get off on that. I have to tell you, that's one of my favorite things about we, I mean, We've been doing this show for almost 12 years now, and I've always given out homework prompts, things like that to you guys. And it's it's really a lot of fun for me to just plant a seed and watch what you come back with, watch what you created, watch what it grew into, because you never have any idea. And I always encourage people to, you know, take that extra one second, two seconds to send someone a picture in an email or go through a line, hey, writing prompt for you, and put a sentence on there for them. You know, it's, it's the most rewarding thing in the world to throw a seed out there and see something amazing grow from it and know that it wouldn't exist if you had not initiated that human contact, that that touch of inspiration. And then to see, it's kind of like, you know, you never know how, you never know the, the smallest of breath under someone's wings. You never know how far that will make them soar. You know, it's so easy sometimes to be mean, but... You know, acts of kindness, that that unexpected thing that somebody doesn't anticipate. You know, one little tiny I believe in you in a world full of, you're full of shits, can can make one, just one tiny, the breath that leaves your lips from saying I believe in you, that much effort, you would be amazed how high that could make someone soar. So, you know, be that person. Take those minutes, those seconds, whatever it is, to send some inspiration out, to to help someone create art, to show them that you're, you know that they're there, that you think they're talented, that you think they could have fun with this, that you believe in them, you know. Please do that. It, it's very, you know, it's, it's kind of selfish on my part because it really is my favorite part of the show. It really is rewarding for me. So, you know, I... I I definitely get my rewards from taking those moments and sharing them, the, the, the homework with you. So you, know, you understand what I'm trying to say, I'm sure. So <laughs> you can do one poem unless you've done your homework. That's a really long way of telling you that. When you're done reading, make sure that you have your URL ready. That way people can come over and find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back here next week and read. And then please do remember that this is a mature-rated show, so you're bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica. We can't have no word porn, um, no tab A into slot B, don't get graphic. Other than that, you guys are good to go. All righty? And you guys, please do your writing prompts, those, those fake news article thing headlines. I really want to see what you do with those. Those are going to be so fun. If you, The first person who calls in, I'll make a deal. The first person who calls in and reads that, I've got one that I've written a long time ago that is exactly this. And if you bring yours in, I'll read you mine. Okay? Not that that's going to be any great treat, but you all pick on me because I don't read. So I will. I'll find it. I'll have it ready. And if one of you call in it because you've done yours, then I'll read mine. Okay. So I'm going to give the first. Actually, let me run down the list a little bit, make sure I've got everybody. There was eight. And seven. Okay. So I'm going to run down real fast and give the lines so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. Don't press one. Don't touch this button. Don't change this channel, whatever, because I got you. I see you. I've got you written down. If you happen to, to get disconnected, call right back in. I've got the numbers written down in the order so you won't lose your place in line, hopefully. We'll make sure I will. Hopefully. Hopefully I'll notice that. No promises. But if I catch it, then I'll be able to put you back where you were. Alrighty, so our call list right now uh, is 
next time I text you and say you want to talk about that poem, say yes. I'm gonna. Okay. It, I, I swear to you. I swear to you. What What do you call these things that you put on your workshops or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll school you in seven minutes like you've never been your entire life. You won't okay. write a poem for the next two years without thinking about what I say to you. Okay. All right. Okay. Like I said, I've been writing these for quite a while, so I'm just going to do the most recent one I did, and it's called Poem of Rejection Number One. Three blind mice appeared at Chris's door. Each was found lacking. They'll come no more. To the fourth, a message sent concerning a return engagement. Who knows what will come of this? What's in store? How about that? Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Pretty good. That's, that's, three dude, that's three dudes fired. And the fourth one, like, to be continued. So it'll, like, just kind of, like, ease on into the next one. Can't do that with a haiku, Nyla, but you can with a limerick. <laughs> okay. I will try to call you this evening after the show. Really? I'll be there. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm, I've taken, taken way too much time, and uh, uh, <laughs> I think I need to get off the phone now. Look, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Hey, tell everyone how to find you. No, I don't want anybody to know where I'm at right now. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Our next caller comes from – I get phone calls yelling at me for not calling people. I'm so bad. I really am. Please, nobody ever take it personally, because trust me, there's probably a bunch of you on the line that would say, yell at me for that, too. All right, our next caller comes from area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is George Wiley. Hey, Mr. George Wiley. How are you, sweetheart? Hey, I'm just peachy. Just going along wondering how, wondering how Phil, I think it's Philip that was just on, can uh, read a poem while he's driving. He's uh, He's either no, a it was Michael, Michael Todd. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize Okay. He's either a worse driver than I am or a way better reader. So, anyway. Um, you know what's really funny yes. is I've got no room to talk because I have, you know, when you, when you, an, an idea comes to you, if you don't write it down the second you think about, well, if I don't, if I don't write it down the second that I think about it, it'll, I'll sit there and I'll try to say it over and over and over again, but it's like playing that game of telephone, and it changes, and then it's like, no, no, it's slipping away, I don't remember, it's, it's, oh, it's gone, <laughs> and I didn't get it written down, so I have trained myself, oh, I carry a notebook and a pen in my car, and I can hold the mm-hmm. notebook on the steering wheel with one thumb, and drive with that hand, holding the, the with that hand on the wheel, holding the notebook, and the pen in my other hand, and as long as I look down real quick, my first time and see where my hand is on that paper, I can write without looking. So I can sit there and drive my car like a normal person and write a poem while I'm driving. And I was doing that on the way up to Portland one time, and it was like crazy downpour, rain, torrential, I mean, water all over the road. And I'm writing this poem, and I'm thinking, oh, no one's going to believe that I'm doing this. So while I'm doing that, I also take my cell phone, and I hold it under, or no, my camera. I set the timer on my camera, my little uh, Instamatic camera I keep in the glove box for emergencies, things like, you know, hawks eating roadkill alongside the road. Who knows what I want? And so I set the timer on that, and I held it under my chin while I was driving, taking a picture of me writing while I was driving. 
Oh my so God. I can't I can't talk, but I've got that picture. It's a pretty cool picture. No. That was a, a bit risky, I think. <laughs> no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Do as I say, not as I do, no I risk, guess, right? No risk at all. No risk at all. <laughs> it was, what would the chicken have read when, when the, the policeman wrote it? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> um, getting camera uh, ready for road roadkill while, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little and I was also too. putting mascara on with my toes. Oh, oh. <laughs> sure you were. <laughs> I, Not I, really. I can't, I can't, I can't do that stuff. I, uh, I just uh, ignore the phone until I get where I'm going. I figure nothing's important, and that's me. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I grew up in the pre-cell phone era, center of my life. And, yeah, I um, try to pull over when I'm on a phone I, call. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the hands-free on the car, you know, where you can just, you don't have to look at anything. It just comes in through the car system, That's the phone call. So in that case, I can look straight ahead, talk, and think about the traffic, too. But, okay, well, anyway, things are good. Um, what I um, wrote tonight, or for tonight, is, uh, uh, um, it's, you know, I might as well just jump right into it. It's called Damn Them. At 95, she looks around her and sees nothing familiar. All her friends are gone, damn them. They cheated her by leaving her here alone. And younger ones have not yet appeared. If she speaks out her loneliness, all she hears are echoes. Her progeny pop in to say hello, to show their love, but not to really listen. So she frets and fetches to almost no one and dreams a bit of imagined reappearances of dead friends, lovers, and pals. And she wakes up just as they start to hug her. Damn them. She bears a grudge to those who loaned her their longevity while they escaped into familial memories. A young nurse told her, Old people have it made. No alarm clocks, no deadlines. You can just sit. And sitting by the window, she sees an old cat passing and wonders if it still has friends. End of poem. Wow. I I think you captured something very, very important in that poem, and I don't even know if you know how important you know, there were so many so many lines in that, you know, especially the one where the family's visiting and you know, they, they she wakes up just in time for them to you know so which means they were sitting there in that room talking and stuff like that and not wanting to disturb her and letting her sleep and letting her sleep and then they hug her goodbye and she mm-hmm. wakes up and realizes that, you know, she just missed all that time and how much time do you have left really, mm-hmm. right? You know, right, right. and it's like did they didn't they want to talk to me? Didn't they want to, you know, visit with me? What, what, what? Why would they do that to me? You know, they mustn't. You know, it's right. just this horrible feeling. You know, and then for the young nurse, you know, to to say, you know, all you have to do is sit around. You got it made. You know, how many people end up trapped inside their bodies? You know, think about our brains. Right. You know, my brain is not as old as I am. My brain will probably always be 16 years old. Okay? 
<laughs> even when I'm in right. a 90-year-old body. And so when I'm sitting in that hallway in that 90-year-old body trapped by locked-up knees or whatever, you know, my 16-year-old brain is still alive and kicking in there and wanting to climb trees. Right. You know, and then for me, when the, the way you ended it was freaking brilliant. She looks out the window and she sees the cat, and it's an old cat. You know, and it may be mm-hmm. an old cat, but at least it's out there. You know, I would rather be out there wandering the streets than stuck in a hallway sitting, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. So I, I think that, yes. you know, that touches on such a cold reality and such a life lesson and a teaching, you know. Wake them up when you go visit, damn it. Damn it. Right. You know, well, and, and, and it also touches on our biggest fear. I mean, who, which right. one of us does not have the fear of that happening? Yes. This and it's inevitable. And we know it is. But... Based on the person I know. And no, yeah. and, and no everyone at 95, no one, everybody assumes she doesn't have anything to say. You know, I mean, that, that what she's talking about is just going to be some kind of immaterial griping or something. And, and when, in fact, her brain is, in many cases, too, is fully active, like you said, totally catching on to everything. But she isn't, you know physically moving around and being vibrant like they are so they discount her and um, consider that she's babbling you know so that's yeah. very you, sad I want to share this because I think it's really important and I think this subject like I said I think that you know you've written something important when it provokes such an emotional response and this one really has in me and I want to share this mm-hmm. you guys because I think that this is important because of the subject of this poem what we're talking about my grandmother mm-hmm. um, what the the, like two, two, three weeks before she passed away, started slipping into her own world. And mm-hmm. I was sitting on her bed one night talking to her, and she was saying, where are we? Where are we? And I said, where are we? And I said, I, I, said, I don't know. Where are we, Grandma? And she said, well, we just dropped off the station wagon. We were fishing, and Philip had this and blah, blah, blah. And you and Sandra, thinking she thought I was my mom, and you and Sandra... Mm-hmm. You know, we're, and she's going on and on and on and on. And my mom comes in and gets really upset. No, Mom, no, Mom, you're in the nursing home, Mom. You know, she was upset that my grandma was somewhere else talking about some oh, no. that was out of, out of touch with reality. And my advice no. to you guys is they may, they may not be in touch with your reality, but they are reliving some right. reality. You know, so just mm-hmm. shut up and listen and let them be there. Let them live that memory. Yeah. Let them be, you know, don't force them or upset them or, or, or demand that they live in your reality. You know, in the, because in those last weeks, I watched my grandma relive so much of her life. And I watched right. my mom get so upset and so mad because grandma wasn't there. Grandma was there. Just shut up She's and listen there. to her. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the adult children, bless their hearts, think they know everything up about what's best for their aging parents. And uh, sometimes they don't. And, uh, you know, they get sort of put on the shelf too soon. And, uh, you know, I think you're saying the same things I am, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's really is an emotional thing. And this person that I'm writing about, I mean, it's, part, it's mostly about based on a person, but there's a little fiction there. But, um you know, she actually, uh, they quote, cry when she laments the loss of all her friends. They're all gone, you know, and uh, they simply are not there. 
And we look around, find new friends, find new hobbies. No, they're gone. <laughs> so I think that, anyway, I appreciate your comments. And, uh, I, I think I think that you should definitely, you know, get that, that written up, however you're going to do. I think it's a really important poem, and I think that, um, in fact, if you send me, I'll open it up as a discussion poem. I'll post it on oh, in, in one yeah. of my notes on my page and see if we can get some people involved in, you know, asking, talking about that one. But I do think that it needs to be out there. I do think, you know, it's a lesson poem, a teaching poem. It, it's mm-hmm. it was great. I loved it. Okay, it scared well, the hell out of me, much. but I loved it. <laughs> I sort of scared me writing it. Well, thank you for the compliments, and uh, I'll move. I'll let someone else in here. <laughs> so, what are you and, doing uh, right now, George? What am I doing right now? Well, yeah, are you busy? In front of my... Am I busy? No, I'm just mm-hmm. uh, listening to your show. <laughs> uh, you want to hang out with me and host a little bit? I'd okay, why don't you hang on the line with me? Mind. And I, I heard uh, Stanley do it last week, and I thought it was really great. He and, does uh, awesome, yeah. I love having him on. Isn't he something? Isn't he something? Yeah. And so uh, if, if you, people don't mind, I'd be glad to make a few comments. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. But before we get to the next caller, I do want to make sure that you give out your Facebook page and everything one more time. Yes, uh, it's um, George Wiley Writes. It's just a Facebook page, and there's not a lot. It's only three months old, so it's still growing. Well, make sure you get this poem posted on the notes, okay? Okay, good. I'll be glad to. All right. All righty, so let's go ahead and get to our next. So George is going to be hosting with me for a bit this evening, and just whenever you're ready to go, just say, okay, i got to go now, okay? Don't feel like you have to okay, stay the whole time, but just, yeah, it would be fun having you on. So let's go ahead and grab sure. our next caller, which comes from area code 903. 903, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla and George. This is Eric Nelson, Manly Shulman. How are you guys doing? Hey, Eric. Eric, how are you? I'm doing good. I have a question mm-hmm. for just you. A, just another day. Go ahead, Nyla. You sent me a link for Jurassic Gifts or something like that. Yes, it's a live page. Uh huh. And, and get, I get this message saying, "This is a page I thought you'd enjoy." It must. Have, when I have been doing stuff in my little rock groups, does that show? Did you see those? No, I didn't see those. So, you said so that you what, wanted. What made you wanted. You said that you're big into paleontology and archaeology. Yeah. I figured you might like to see them. You can actually buy uh, T-Rex bones and other bones there, too. <laughs> they have fossils, too. I, that that just warms my heart that you listen to what I say, and you know that about me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I sent you... Uh, listen to me. <laughs> I sent you uh, bumper stickers, too. I don't know if you saw them or not. I have their archaeology as well. So okay, they got some funny ones. So. I do. I, I'm, yeah, the, I'm that I weird that. girl that goes out and pokes dead things with a stick. You guys, I can't help it. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I also sent you a, a picture of a stone and it has writing on it. Um, I wanted to see if that's the size you wanted or not, but just check okay. it whenever you can. I know you're. I know you're busy. So. I know I I'm busy it. too. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, last so week I read. Uh, well, last week I read Sioux Animals, and I wanted to read the song, the lyrics of the song. 
by the okay. actual person that inspired me to do it. All right, it's called Like a Monkey in a Zoo, and it's uh, Daniel Johnston. I'm chained to the wall. I'm, I'm nothing at all, and my eyes look into the sunset, thinking of better things to do like a monkey in a zoo. The days go so slow. I don't have no friends except all these people who want me to do tricks for them like a monkey in a zoo. And it could happen to you. You could be in my place. No, it wasn't always like this. Oh, but I never saw it coming. I'm so alone, but this is my home. And the bars that surround me keep me from knowing any better. Like a monkey in a zoo. Throw me a peanut, laugh and make jokes. But I've had enough peanuts, and I'm ready to croak like a monkey in a zoo. You come to look at me. You seem so amused, but things would look different if you were in my shoes. I know it's my fault, but I want out. When I cry out, nobody seems to understand like a monkey in a zoo. You say I'm cute. You don't know how much that hurts. You don't know how how it feels to live in your own dirt like a monkey in a zoo. And it could happen to you. You could be in my place. Don't let yourself slip. Don't keep egg on your face. I used to be happy. I can't remember those days, but I sold my freedom for free room and board like a monkey in a zoo. That's the end piece. Well, you know, in my brain, I'm listening to you read that, but you know what I'm seeing is a homeless What's person. What's that? I'm, I'm picturing a homeless ah. person. Actually, he was homeless several times, and he actually never worked a job, and he was in a sane asylum for a little while, too. So. Huh. Well, I may not be far off in my interpretation of that, but it really did. You know, it, I, of course, you think about a monkey in a zoo, but my it kept going back and forth. To, you know, sitting. You know, in the end, and he talks about, you know, I'm I'm trapped. You know, and it's whatever whatever demon has him trapped in the situation where he was homeless, was what that the ending of it was to me. I thought that was. I'm glad you shared that, and I can really tell how that inspired the poem from last week. Right. Well, you know, thank you so much. And also, Eric, uh, when he mentioned, he used that to metaphor, not only a metaphor, but when you go to a zoo, or when I experience a zoo, and any of the great apes or monkeys or baboons are there, it's, they look at you, but it's like they're looking through you. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what are they thinking, and, you know, and, and how stupid do I look standing here looking through the glass? Who's watching you know, who? <laughs> Uh, yeah, who's watching who? There's been a lot of stuff. Who's watching who exactly now? But I'm thinking that uh, even if you use the metaphor of a homeless person or something, it's a, it's it's terribly sad, you know. And I think that's probably what the song lyric is so successful. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I actually can't go to zoos or aquariums anymore. Um, very, I have animal, I have uh, animal magnetism. And most animals like me, but I feel sorry <laughs> for the animals whenever I go to the zoo. So yeah, I can't I can't look at them because they're caged and yeah, they're domesticated and all that. So it just it just right. hurts me. I don't know how to explain. But you know it, what? But. That's sad, honey. Is they're not <laughs> domesticated. 
that's what's really sad is they're not domesticated. You know, it's one thing finding like this. I was reading this story this week about this couple who adopted a runt cougar. The cougar was real <laughs> tiny yeah. and small and had health problems, and they adopted this cougar, a couple over in Europe. And that's different. That animal has been domesticated, but they still don't let it alone with their puppy, their other little dog. They have a chihuahua. Of course, that's just like a niblet. Um, right. No, no, it wasn't a chihuahua. It was a hairless cat. No wonder I thought it was a chihuahua. No, it was a hairless cat they have. <laughs> so they won't let those two around each other. Um, but that's a domesticated animal. A zoo animal isn't even doesn't even have the luxury of being domesticated. They are simply plucked. Or born, they're either born in a fishbowl or plucked and put into a fishbowl. Right. So they don't even have the luxury of having the human contact and learning a new love or a new life or a new existence. They're just plucked and put in a fishbowl. I mean, to me, that's just right. one of the most inhumane things so that we can have fun and go look at them. In a, I, I agree. I don't like zoos. I've never liked zoos. Wildlife refuge, right. now that's a different story. That's a little bit right. better. But, a little bit better. Mark. You know, and those are necessary. There are some animals who can't make it, and so they get a good existence. But they're they're around other animals, you know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that I meant uh, captivity, in captivity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can still be right. a wild animal in captivity is what I meant. But mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah, right. Exactly. But mm-hmm. I think that the song is about him. And his life, he went through a lot of depression. There's a movie that's called Daniel Johnson and the Devil. And uh, he actually did a lot of drawings as well. And uh, he was really fond of the devil. And I don't think he actually worshipped the devil, but he you talked know, I don't about think it's, I was going to say that. I don't think it's like a fondness too. for the so, devil. I but, think it's a fondness for the... When, when someone's used to being in an ugly <laughs> place... The dark is very seductive, so I think it's an attraction to the ugly dark more than the devil. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it does. And the movie is actually with him. It's it's his biography. So and it's actually it actually has him. Uh, I watched it on YouTube a while back. It's not there anymore. Uh, uh, recently, YouTube has made it to where you got to pay. Well, you can bypass some, but you got to pay a certain amount of money to watch a movie. Unless it's really old, and it doesn't infringe upon copyright, so. Right. But yeah. I watched it before it was copyrighted, or before it, before they had to take it off. So, but that was pretty interesting. Yeah, if some... you guys ever see it on Netflix or something, go ahead. I may start a link on my page if I don't remind me. I I think that it would be a really fun thing to put a link on my page, and because there's so many movies out there that about writers and about our craft and about. Uh, you know, even song writers, songwriters. I mean, poets or songwriters are just poets with too much melody, is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, a place where we can all post movies like that that we know, like Row with Rowing with the Wind. You know about Shelley and Byron mm-hmm. and and all that. It, it, there's just some really great movies. We I should start a link like that. So and, and when I do, I want you to put that on there. All right, cool. Yeah, I definitely will. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was a good choice. That was a good choice, Eric. Thank you, George. Um, I also liked it because I felt the same way, and I've have been completely exhausted in, in reading my poetry aloud in actual person too. And oh. people 
they always tell me, write a poem, write a poem, because you express yourself better. And right. I'll be extremely <laughs> exhausted. My body will be extremely exhausted. My mind will be exhausted, too. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> so it's like it's like monkey in a zoo, like you said, but also like we're clowns or court jesters or something. Right. That's how I put it. But, well, thanks so much for having me, Nilo. Thanks for the comments, George. Glad you get to come and co-host. And oh, this is. You. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to keep talking over you, George. <laughs> You're welcome. No. Uh, this is Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on like page on Facebook. That's poet Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me in my group. It's a poetry group. Uh, diverse, uh, diverse verse. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. That's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. Find me on Poem Hunter. That's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. And I believe that's it right now. Awesome. And I'm still working. Right, I'm still typing up my sixth book right now. And I'm working on my seventh. So fun, fun. And thanks so much. I'm <laughs> gonna get off and let you guys go on. I'm gonna sit. Right. I'm gonna sit around and listen to the show. Thanks, Eric. Great. Thank you, Nyla and George. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All righty. So I gotta be careful of that too. I'm, I'm such. Um, I'm. You know, it's really funny. I, I just. I talk a lot. So if I accident, if, if I talk over the top, of you just forgive me, George. Okay. Not a problem. Yeah. And and have have no problem jumping in right over the top of me and saying, "Yo, wait, Nyla, I'm not done yet. I, I handle that well." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All that right, works go fine with me. Good, good. <laughs> let's bring on our next caller, Area. Besides, I'm sure there's lots of people that would love to see that happen to me. So you, you'll be, you know, they'll laugh. Anyway, our next caller comes from Area Code four one nine. Four one nine, you're on the air. Hello there, Nyla and George Wiley. Hello. That's Shelley. Is that Shelley? <laughs> yes, it is. She's got a She's got that voice like Rod Stewart, you know. When when Rod Stewart starts singing a song, you know it's Rod Stewart. You know when she, when Shelley Uh-oh. starts talking, you know it. That's a good thing. That's that's a very good thing. <laughs> I, I went home from Memorial Day weekend. My family said I picked up an accent. I'm like, okay, I don't realize it, but I maybe did. I haven't lived there in like nine years. <laughs> oh. Okay, did so you I used to have the you. accent. I don't know. Well, I was told when I went to Texas that I had an accent, and I never knew I had one. And then my dad told me, someone told me I had an accent. I'm like, Dad, everybody does. <laughs> I just learned it sooner. That's funny. Mm-hmm. We all sound different, or dialects, or however we talk, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have three selections today. If I can give you the title, you guys tell me which one I can read. Is that cool? All right. I'll let George pick. Okay. All right. Um, the the first one says life survival, and the second one was the mind that never quits, or the other one is oh my gosh, I, after the storm. How about never quits? The mind that never quits. Oh, that's me. <laughs> okay. Um. Again, this is Shelley Gambino. I don't know if anybody heard that or not. <laughs> so, I have the mind that never quits. Oh, what it is like to be me. With thoughts that run in my mind rapidly, constantly, no matter how far I try to run away, they keep coming back to me, these thoughts, 
and some so vividly. I wish I had a shut-off valve implanted in my head so I can turn them off at will and to try to relax and not have to think. Yet they are always there persistently, like someone knocking on your door never going away. The only thing changing is what to think of next. By my predicament, I am perplexed. I don't want to think anymore. However, I have no choice as these thoughts, they come to me on a whim, for I do not go to them. It is in my head where, like fish, they are allowed to swim. Round and round they circle these tenacious thoughts of mine, some so concentrated, yet some so sublime. Convoluted at times they may be, and they carry on endlessly. Dear God, why did you instill my mind all of these thoughts that are happening all of the time? End poem. <laughs> well, Shelly, I know you just a bit. Just, uh, we, we met in the Indiana thing. And um, I think that um, this, I think you, your poem's right about you. <laughs> <laughs> Self-reflection? And, uh, it's a, well, I mean, I think you're easily distracted, just like I am. And, you know, we could cover a lot of topics like we did over breakfast or something. And so, um, yeah, that's just, that's Shelly. That's Shelly. And it's really nicely done. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, Shelly, has anyone ever, when you go somewhere, you go out on an outing, you're with friends or whatever, has anyone ever threatened to get you a kitty leash? Uh, No, not a leash. Really? And why? <laughs> Just because, you know, I I see a lot of excitement in you, and I can imagine, like, going to a, to a farmer's market with you or a Saturday market with you. And, and I've had so many people tell me that, that they will never go anywhere with me again unless they get put, can put me on a kitty leash. <laughs> and I just wondered if okay. anyone had ever threatened you with that, because when you're, I'm listening to you talk, and you, you know, it, it just reminds me so much of myself sometimes that I, I just I just had to ask you that. I've never heard that, and no, but I've um I've had people like if I go shopping in a store and there's so much stuff there, they grab my hand and pull me the other way. If oh. that's the same thing as a kitty leash, yep. <laughs> shiny sparkles grab her so quick. That did happen. So we'll make a deal. If you and I ever go to a Saturday market together, we'll just bungee cord ourselves to each other. Oh my God! So well, we, we can only walk like so far away over. before we come back and go We're, bam. We can walk in circles. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my. Yes, we know this, we know this, we know this. Way. They'd end up putting saddles on our back and letting kids take a ride for a quarter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, that's funny. I'm game. <laughs> so I want you to do me a favor, Shelley. I want you to inbox me your address because I recently moved, and, and I must have, seriously, I'm not even kidding you, close to about 3,000 poetry books. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to have this whole library, and I'm having to pare it down. And I've got this book um, that is it's a book on ADD poetry, and I want to oh, send nice. it to you because I really think you'll enjoy it. It's it's really cool. Is that like, oh, look, a squirrel? <laughs> have you got that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, That's what I want. My it. dog has ADD. It's, no, it's not. It is, too. Is it really? Yes, oh it my is. God, I did not know that. I did not know that. That is the name of the book. Too many, oh, things, have been, too many things have been happening to me. That is not, is that true? <laughs> it might be. I don't remember the name of the book. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to send okay, it to I you. I leash. read it, and I thought it was really funny just because I related to a lot of stuff in there. So I want to send it to you. So inbox me oh your my. address if that's okay. 
I, I would love to. Yeah, and let me know what I owe you for postage because I, I would no, love the post, to get it. No, the postage will be nothing. It's not a big book. Aw. Oh, or, or what I owe you for it. <laughs> Aw. I, yeah, I'll send that to you, and I thank you, and I enjoy your show every Thursday. I look forward to it. Well, we enjoy you too. George, you want to ask her how we can find her? Yes. Shelly, how can we find you? Um, you can find me on George Wiley's stuff too, and I don't remember what your link is on Facebook because <laughs> I I do some of the stuff that you post, <laughs> and I also um Shelly Gambino at Facebook. I have been posting um my poems on my Facebook page. That's what I usually do. So, and that's how you can find me. Shelly is just as delightful as she sounds. Aw, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I gotta go get that uh, kitty uh, leash. <laughs> Oh my god Alright sweetheart great job tonight Thank you honey Thank you we'll talk to you next Thursday then Alright Bye bye guys bye George Bye Bye. So let's do this If we we know what we're doing Then we're going to sound so professional Alright so when someone's done reading You comment first Okay Okay, and you're pretty quick at it. So my biggest thing is that you can't have dead air on radio, but you're really good about, I mean, you're you're just good at that, so I'm not worried about that. You comment first, and then I'll comment, and then you can ask, when I'm done, you can ask them how to find them. Okay, I'll do that. I got my Yeah, and then people will think we know what we're doing together. Yeah, they they can live with that myth if they want to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's go ahead and bring on our next caller. Our next caller comes from area code 717. 717, are you with us? Yes, I am. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nyla. How are you doing? Hi, George. Hi, James. I recognize your voice. (laughs) Thank you. It is good to hear from you, my dear. So um, I'm... James E. Rothwine, so everyone knows who I am. Uh, that's last name R-O-E-T-H-L-E-I-N, because it's not spelled the way it sounds. Or it doesn't, it doesn't sound the way it's spelled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that right eventually. <laughs> okay. uh, sorry, you were saying? No, go ahead. Yeah, like, like, get my thoughts clear. My last name is not, does not sound the way it's spelled. Okay, now I got that out of the way again. Yes. Understood. (laughs) So, um, how are you, um, was your surgery successful? Because I saw on Facebook that you were having some kind of surgery yeah, I had uh, surgery on my left hand. I had carpal tunnel for over 20 years and have never had anything done with it because it was never a good time to be without my hands. And I finally, it got so bad I had to have it done. And uh, because I waited so long, it made it much more complicated than it needed to be. But I actually have feeling back in my fingers again. So I'm real excited about that. Well, partial feeling. I mean, I know they're not thunder. I, I can feel when I touch them now, so I'm really ecstatic. But so yeah, it, it went well, and I'm healing well, and things are good. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Thank you, and thank you for asking. Well, thank you for. So, what do you have for us, my love? Well, I was going to do um, one that 
George has already commented on Facebook about the onslaught of the nothing. Um, oh, I'm not yeah. sure if I can do that or the most dangerous in the world. Which one should I do? You should do both. They're both very short. Oh, I should well, we can only do I... one. We can only do one poem, though. Okay. Dangerous one. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm letting you two fight this out. <laughs> okay, so I'll do that one. The most dangerous in the world. We are poets, able to assassinate with similes and murder you in metaphor. Anger or upset us, and we could destroy you in verse, or let you live. End of poem. <laughs> All right, that one was short. He's correct. Read the second one. Okay. The onslaught of the nothing. Fantasia, fractured, falling, diminished, dissolving into empty oblivion, succumbing to grown-up cares devoid of childlike innocence and imagination, destroys the sense of wonder giving life to the fantastic realm living in our mind. End of poem. What, James, those are, those are both very good. You know, I commented on that, on that one um, on Facebook, but one of the things that I find about your stuff is, that, in fact, I once said to, to James um, on a Facebook post or something that he was the, uh, what did I call you, the guru of the short, smart piece or something like that. Yeah, I might have the wrong. And yeah, so then, and a few, a few poems later, he wrote one that had the nerve to be about twelve lines long. See, for James, that's you know an, an epic. And uh, <laughs> so he said, asked me if I still. He asked me if he still deserved the the name of the guru of the short one, and I I gave him a buy on that one. I said, sure, you're still the guru guru of the short piece, but you can tell. James uh, has these short ones down, and they're smart, and, they're, and sometimes they're quite funny. <laughs> well, I try. Well, it's when I try and do my when I try and do a poem. It's I just kind of operate from get in, say what I need to say, and then get back out again. And I know that like, you were a hell of a prom date. <laughs> I didn't say that in my out loud voice, did I? Sorry about that. But yeah, I have some people who tell me that, man, that was so short before I, before I even, you know, I didn't even have a chance to really get into it. And it's like, it's done. And it's like, well, that's how I work. Yeah. You know, I just, I just do enough to get the idea. One of the benefits so, of that, James, that. One of the benefits is that you get people to read your poem the second or third time because they say, oh, then I missed something, and they go back. So you get three for one. Hey, not not many of us get that, that bonus. <laughs> now, I know now for you me. Sorry, you were saying. Continue. So you, you talk about that, and you say it that way, and it's almost like it's a tease. You're planning a thought, and but you're not giving – it's like, you know, you're you're not giving the ending but provoking it enough that that they're going to fill in the blanks and it really when the way you put that reminded me of why and some of you may not know but I'm I'm also a photographer concept photographer and 
my favorite. I love doing uh, sharp contrast, but I, I'm almost exclusively shooting black and white. And it's for the same reason. You know, someone's saying, God, you just went out to this amazing, amazing, beautiful, you know, snowy mountains with the forest and this model and this costume and the colors are incredible and you made it a black and white photo. But for me, the black and white photo, when someone looks at it, if it's good, it draws them in and they fill in the blanks. They can see the color of the trees. They can see the, and that kind of reminds me of the way George is describing your poetry, you know, is that, you know, it, it's short, but they can see the green. They can smell the pine. It's well, I never thought about it that way. I know sometimes I do a poem, and I just want people to think. I guess that's kind of a divergence from what I, how I used to write, where I would go as descriptive as I could or kind of be a little didactic with, my, with what I wrote. Mm-hmm, but, right. yeah, I think it's um, the last – Last few years, I've been start becoming more of a minimalist. Mm-hmm. Well, it works. Whatever you do works, James. And um, I've seen your young, longer things too, and they work. And um, you always have a you always have that that little cord of care and uh, warmth somewhere in the poem. So, you know, you can start off by saying by writing, "I am nothing," but then we realize that you are far from nothing. And, uh, you know, it goes on like that. It's a, a bunch of good little metaphors that fit. So, I think you do a fine good job. job definitely. Yeah. All right. All how right. do we find James? you, James? Oh. Yep. I might yeah. beat you to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's fine. I'm not well, um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, my poetry page is James E. Rothline, Poet. And if you guys have your pencil ready, write down my last name so you can find it. It's R-O-E-T-H-L-E-I-N. And from there, you can get to my, uh, my YouTube. You'll see posts from my, from my YouTube channel, um, my SoundCloud channel, and I'm also on All Poetry. And I'm in some of the other Facebook poetry pages. So it's just, if you have my name, you can find me. Very cool. Okay, great. All right, James. Great job, honey. Well, thank, thank you, you for having me. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 734-734. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh oh. This, this this is Dennis from Michigan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. The Mitten I, State. Sorry. I'm sorry. Hi, George. I have to go to the restroom. I have to go to the restroom because Dennis is here. <laughs> no. oh, you know, I always is. say Thanks, that you George. know you've written I'm, a good poem if it provokes an emotional response, but you know you're a great poet if you show up and immediately someone has to pee. Depends. That's the answer. That's the I see yeah, what you did there. Like <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, yes, Dennis. Dennis has had quite a, a, a weekend. You want to, you know, share with us? 
Well, sure. I, I I just had a mountaintop experience. Well, it's not quite the mountaintops because I didn't get to the top of the Rockies, but I went to Denver last weekend for a poetry convention, and there was all kinds of poetic stimulation throughout the throughout the time I was there, and uh, I had a great time. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> so, what, are you close to Denver, or I uh, they. Went to Denver uh, for that convention. Ah, oh, but you're not from I, you're not you don't live close to Denver. I I am south of Detroit. That's what I thought. So you you took a the, nice the, little the, trip. The other the, the other the other uh, big D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Dallas gets to be called that too, but that's all right. That's we right. share. <laughs> all right. Well, enough nonsense. Let me get to the poem I want to read for you this evening, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, because uh, I was in Denver and had a lot of experiences, I, I wrote this wrote this poem, and I'll share it with you uh, this evening. It, the title is Denver, Friday night, 10 p.m. The Dark Room. Muted, missing color-infused levity, thus bathed bathed in subdued light, but light nonetheless. It would normally repel those who seek enlightenment, but those here seek a new awareness in a womb-like setting. Seem attracted by some invisible force, not for solitude, but rather stimulation, agitation provided by other uh, seekers uh, of the word. I'm scrolling. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, It doesn't scroll very well. Let me see if I can get this to move. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Okay. All right. Where was I? I was right here. Uh, It would normally repel those who seek enlightenment, but those who here seek a new awareness in a womb-like setting seem attracted to some invisible force not for solitude, but rather for stimulation, agitation uh, provided uh, by other seekers of word mysteries, elusive hunters of virtue's illusion. Heavy velvet curtains cling to the parameter walls like fruit bats in in a dank cave adding to the notion that this is either a sacred or profane place, and utterances will likely be unencumbered with the robes of orthodoxy, slanting toward something profound, bizarre, even lofty revelations. Yet, a mist of doubt hangs, Uneasy as fog mingled with anticipation, 
swirling through this unconventional space with a buzz of what is to come. This cavernous lair, filled with diversity of generations, knows not a singular identity, but all of them, each with a perspective, a drive, a voice, but all of them, each, uh, all of them, each with a perspective, drive, a voice, a voice of warning, joy, grief, life voices, unique, yet all valid in the throats of their orators. The den subsides. The host, the conduit of order in this room, steps up to the altar of free thought, unlocking this Pandora's box to release the unrestrained and irretrievable menage of word ghost upon a world, a naive world, unsuspecting world. The poet's place, the poet's friend, the Mercury Cafe, Friday night, open mic in Denver. In the poem. Well, that's, Dennis, that's, you know, one of the things about your stuff and is that you go to some go somewhere or see something and you realize the power of it. In other words, you know it's big, you know that it has, has some weight, it has some aura, and then you you absorb that and you write it. You did the same thing about the Eiffel Tower last year or something like that, other things. And so I you know, I'm always impressed by um you, that you appreciate and sense the power of things and you and you also love things. You actually deeply have a love for humanity and for and for the beauty the beautiful parts of the world. So I think that all shows and you know, I envy you the opportunity to stand in up at the Mercury Theater in Denver and speak your poetry. Yes, boy, it's a it's a if you ever get to Denver, make sure you visit the Mercury Theater. There have been uh, hundreds of famous poets uh, go through their uh, their rooms and read poetry, and uh, I was just humbled to be there. It's just a, such a great uh, atmosphere, and uh, it, you have poetry from all different voices, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Sounds amazing. It is. It does. We envy you. You can do that. <laughs> I envy yeah. you anyway. So George, you should have been with me on that trip, but it was your loss. I know. But maybe, maybe next I time. I know. Maybe <laughs> next time. Next time, next time is uh, Santa Santa Fe, New Mexico. So maybe I can get there next year. Yes, George. George, you want to remind uh, Dennis where uh, the where he can be found, so people can know. Do it. Yes, Dennis, as, as a guest host you, there. Why, why don't you tell us, Dennis, where you can be found online? I love you such. guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, we love you, Nyla. No doubt about <laughs> yes, it. Uh, I, my poetry can be found at allpoetry.com. I write under the name of High 
to bless you with uh, hyphens in between the, the the words. So if you want to check out some, some of my work, that's where you'll find it. And I hope you enjoy. And I do like constructive uh, comments. So please feel free to do so. Thank you, Nyla. This is, this is uh, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. We appreciate you so much. You have a good night, Dennis. Yes, we do. Uh, all right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Good evening. It's Amelia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas. How are you, my M? Hello, Amelia. I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Hello, George. You are quite Blessings welcome. Hugs. Well, thank you. That was a nice hug. I appreciate it. How are things things in the big state of Texas? Hot. Hotter than blue blazes. It's sizzling. Yes. Yes, it's in the high 90s and the feel like it's in the hundreds. Does it? Yes, sir. That's why I'm much more of a cold climate girl. I love the snow. You can always put on another blanket, put another log on the fire, put on another layer of clothes, but you can only get so naked when it's hot. Right. And I did not move here uh, for the weather. I I moved here following my ex-husband and walked straight into hell in more ways than one. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so today is uh, the purple one's birthday, Prince. Uh, it, you know, he's passed on, but it's still his birthday. So uh, a while ago I, I wrote a tribute to him, and it's called Prince the Purple One. I must give honor and praise to the man. I've been listening to Prince since the beginning. There was a underground radio station in San Francisco from the late 70s into the mid-80s. That's where I heard him singing on his first album, Dirty Mind. It fused soul with rock, innovative at that time. He had me in his grasp from that first moment in 1980. Lyrics so sexy, hot, and bold. He released that album independently, refused big labels' control. Then he took me on a sizzling ride in a little red Corvette. Later he told my story with Purple Rain. All of his songs seemed to be the backdrop of my life. I thought he was the sexiest man alive. I surely wanted him to do me, baby. I so would have loved to give him head till his love turned red. I definitely have that pussy control. I so wish he would have made me cream. 
I so longed to live in erotic city with him. I remember the truly great artist he was. He came out of nowhere and brought the world to their knees. We even share the love of purple forever, the purple one. Prince, I have always loved you and always will. Rest in peace, my beloved purple king. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and peace. That's wonderful, Amelia. That, uh, it's funny you, you mentioned that uh, it's sexiness because um, one time we were watching television and he was singing and I was talking, of course, and my wife said, grab my arm and said, shh. And, and, I, and then I saw so what do if we did, and uh, listened to the song, and then she said, did you see those eyes? And I said, yeah, I see them, well, so what? <laughs> you know, the guy, but um, she was right, that his, he, he had these eyes that were sort of soulful, and uh, what should I say, for what they were, I mean, I can't, you know, it, it was, um, but I understand your love for his music, and it was such a sad deal when he passed this recently. Yes. Uh, his eyes were very deep and profound, and um, those those sexy comments were uh, song titles of his. I incorporated into the poem. If I was not an '80s child, I probably would have censored you. <laughs> but you were lucky. I'm an '80s child. Who knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, there was no slot A and B. It, it did kind of <laughs> tiptoe on the line, but yes. Tiptoe on the line. You're okay. <laughs> as you know, Nyla, having uh, experienced the vintage Amelia T. Davis, you know that I could really uh, – make things pop and sizzle off of a piece Ooh. of paper. <laughs> but I retired well, that. <laughs> uh, so well, you're, you're fi- Yes, sir. No, I was going to say your poetry hasn't retired and your 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 ideas have certainly not retired whether whether your time which I'm dreaming about uh, Prince uh, might have But it's yeah. just really nice stuff Really good Thank you well, I I used to write erotica sir And I don't know It's been about three and a half Four years ago that I retired that pen So that's <laughs> what I was referring to <clears throat> So Nyla uh, So you're doing much better I am doing much better Yeah Okay all right, good. I'm so glad to hear that. All right, I love both you, and I'm so thrilled to have been able to speak to you personally, George. I'm a well, big, big fan of your work, and we kind of uh, bump around on Facebook, but it was truly right. a pleasure to speak to you personally. Well, the, the same here, and make sure you tell us how we can see you, see your work online. Yes, you can find me under Emilia T. Davis. E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S on Facebook, and I also have a like page, same name. You can find me in my poetry group, which is Poets for the Power of the People, 
Or you can find me right here with Nyla every Thursday night. Love y'all. <laughs> Continue to love you as well, for both honey. Of you. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. I'm doing great. How are you, Brother O? Oh, oh, good. I just uh, enjoyed that uh, City Suspense by uh, Mr. Nancy Davis. He was definitely one of my, next to Michael Jackson, he was uh, one of my favorite artists from the 80s. And he's mm-hmm. out of love. I just used to listen to his music all the time. And my uh, favorite song of his is called When Doves Cry. That was I was oh, nine yeah. years old, that song. And then I swear they played that song to death. I just, every time I do this, I just love it. Darling Nikki was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, Prince was a, Prince was a genius, and I'll tell you. Yeah, he's, he was a treasure. Mm-hmm, he was. So what'd you bring tonight, baby? Huh? What'd you bring for us tonight? Oh, oh, okay. You know, it's a poem. It's called Brothers, Your Presence Makes a Tremendous Difference. My brother's you, situation in our community is in critical position. Our young men need to see our presence because some of them are lost due to serious lack of guidance and direction. And they... And some of them don't have any positive male examples to follow. Instead, they look up to rap stars, reality TV entertainers, professional athletes, dope dealers, and the game as a role model. I am well aware that we all encounter adversity and face tough times. And for the majority of us, life is dealt us from bad hands. We can't afford to use our circumstances as an excuse for not standing up as men to be a presence and make a difference in the lives of our young brothers. It's time for us to step up to the plate, walking our God-given authority, take charge and claim our rightful place, and take time out of our busy schedules to be a mentor to one of these young brothers. And just your presence alone will make a tremendous difference in his life. Now, if we can get all the men to stand up and be real men, our community will be a better place to live. All this senseless violence, all this disrespecting ourselves, all this hating ourselves, all this ignorance and foolishness, all this drama and hating and craziness, what would be happening right now if we as real men grew backbone? And we and backbone and decide to stand up to make our presence known. When real men stand up, voice it down. This poem applies especially to all of my brothers who are sons, nephews, who have sons, nephews, younger brothers, grandsons, and younger cousins, and then teens. You must say, a positive example for them to follow. You are the first influence in their lives, and your impact 
and their lives as nations. It is your duty and responsibility to teach these young brothers how to become real men. Because your presence makes a difference. Now, all, all they need is a little guidance. All they need is some encouragement and inspiration. All they need is some of your time. All they need is some of your love and appreciation. All they need is you to steer them in the right direction. And all this, this is all it takes, my brother. Now, you don't need to be a celeb. You have a lot of money to make a difference in a young brother's life. But, look, I said my presence make a difference. Spend time with him. Talk to him. Listen to him. Share your own experiences when you're a young man with him. And most important of all, be there for him when he needs you. And for him. Well, that's strong stuff, uh you know, I was going to say that you talk about in your middle of your poem there, you're talking about setting an example, not just preaching. And, you know, I really think you're right about about young men, no matter where they're from. And that and that is that, and children too, is that um, you say, set an example, be there when they need you, um, be accessible. is way more important than preaching. And you know, um, to them. And uh, when, you know, eye-to-eye contact like your poem refers to and, and just being there and, and listening, um, I think that's way more valuable sometimes than a whole bunch of formalized programs about uh, lecturing people how to be good citizens. And I think your your poem shows that very well. Thank, thank you, my brother. I appreciate that feedback. Great job, honey, as always. Yeah, he always delivers. Mm-hmm, he does. And, and strong convictions. That's one of the things I've always really admired about his work. About your work. I, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about you, but you're right here. <laughs> yes, I've always enjoyed that about that poet, you know. <laughs> I'm right here, Nyla. Hey, sweetie, do, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you, hon. Uh, to those of you who are not my friends on Facebook, you can find me on the on my brother O'Gavin on Facebook. And uh, if you enjoy tonight's poem, connect with me and and uh, connect with me and uh, get your feedback on on my masterpiece that I've had that I have on on Facebook. Awesome. All right, okay. sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you, Brother O. Take care. Thank you. We'll right. talk to you next week, sweetie. Yeah. Hey, um, Naya. All right. I'm going to, What's I'm that? going to step aside myself. I'm going to step aside myself for a bit. Uh, okay. But I want to thank I want to thank you so much for uh, this. I took me by surprise. Um, <clears throat> You know, and I stumbled some, but I think it was a great opportunity, and a lot of it was actually fun too. And um, you know, it makes you think a lot more than just listening. You're going to think, what what can I respond with? That sounds halfway mm-hmm. smart. And um, but I, I I heard much of what Stanley did the other day, and I thought he was superb. And uh, you did great tonight. So I, I really appreciated having you with me, George. Well, it's an honor, and I'll, uh, if you ever need help, or get, if you call this help, uh, let me know. 
but I'm going to move I on. I would love I'm to have sorry. you on again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, All right. Thank okay. you, thank sweetheart. You. Do you want to read one more I, piece before you go? You know what? I didn't. Um, I didn't have it in front of me. Get about. Okay. About 10 well, why don't I just mute seconds. you? And if you want to come back on, just press one, and I'll bring you back right back on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Appreciate right. you so much. Big hugs. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Well, thank you. All right, that was George Riley hosting with me for a while tonight. Really appreciate him. I'm going to go ahead and bring on our next caller. Next caller comes from area code 718. 718, you're on the air. Good evening. How are you, Nyla? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Okay, this is Jim Hart. Uh, I I wish George had stayed on because uh, when I was a young man, my uh, father was mugged, and it, it took about a year he finally passed away from his injuries, but during that period, he would go in and out of remembering who I was. And I guess mm-hmm. when you're young, it kind of hurts to deal with that. And this poem is kind of how I felt about that. It's called Good Night, Dad. I've been crippled for too many years by your mugged, murdered ghost. And I can no longer allow your darkest night to be my defining moment because every day is the anniversary of something tragic and even your death cannot encompass my being paralyzing my mind in inactivity and my body in non-movement it is time dad to vanquish your unremembering me final years to the beauty of childhood memories Across the street catches, long hand-held walks to Aunt Maud's, and bedtime stories read in your smooth, rough, gravelly voice. Realizing, at last, I am proud that I walk in your footsteps, but not in your shadow. End poem. That was amazing, and he's still he's still online, so I know that he can hear you. Um, but but that was incredible. You know, those are very personal. I call very. I mean, it's very personal um, because it, it is it's a slice of life poem. You know, you've you've taken a slice of life and absolutely froze it and made it palpable to where the reader can hold it in their hand and poke it with a stick and turn it over and examine it and see it and feel it and taste it and hear it. Oh, thank you very and, much. And just a, a great, great job on that, honey. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Very welcome. So uh, did we, is that the one you were planning on reading tonight, or did you read that because the one you No, that was the one I was planning on reading, yeah. That's, that's kind of serendipitous. Uh, yeah, very. That's, that's why I, I thought it amazing that you had asked him to stay on. But... Uh, <laughs> Well, I thought it was a great, and I know that I know that he. Uh, I'm I'm sure, absolutely sure, he appreciates it as well, and enjoyed it. So, do me a favor, my darling. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Okay, uh, on Facebook, I'm Jim Hart. I have a web page, jimhartpoet.com, and uh, that piece is actually from my new poetry collection, A Handful of Smoke. You could find that, my other poetry book, Ramblings of a One-Eyed Garbage Man, and my detective novel, A Tom Collins to Go, on Amazon.com. 
Fantastic job, sweetheart. And I appreciate you calling in. You don't get a chance to call in all the time, but whenever you do, it's, I mean, you're, you know you're awesome, and I love you dearly, and it's just good to hear from you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You're welcome, baby. You have a good and, night, and I'm glad your hand is better. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> all right, and we'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Please okay. call in when you can. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 860. 860, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. It's Krista. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm absolutely wonderful. Introduce yourself to everyone, my darling. Yeah, you sound well today. I'm really happy about that. I do. so well. Thank you. Krista Jopet from Connecticut. Um, I have a novel and a book of poetry, and I'm frantically working on other projects because my hands are problems with uh, some degeneration, so I'm, you know, trying to finish up some books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. My my heart's right there with you on that, girl. Yeah. It's hard for writers because the voice dictation isn't very sophisticated yet. Hopefully it'll get better, that software. Yeah, definitely. So what did you bring for us, hon? I'm going to read a poem called Catharsis, and it's the last poem in my poetry manuscript called Painting the Rain. Catharsis. I hit the reset button because my thoughts were taking too much time, and the yellow primrose and fuchsia sweet pea were stunning, how the primrose folded in their lemon pages when the sun closed its eyes, and the fuchsia flutter stumbled up the bedroom windows, tracking its leaves, tiny miracles against background violence. I had said too much on a broken motherboard, Threw away my memories when the keyboards were switched. Keys were broken and misplaced. Cyberlinks to the secrets of the universe. Letters needed nimble hands. So much elegant music missing still. Initials carved into birch trees, boasting indelible love, but we all know better. And the flash drive, it could no longer hold me. I relinquished that in the fallout of cheerful dominoes. I had been winning, but the wind sliced my vanity. Perhaps you know how all this feels, and rubberneck too, as a train crash, and tisk tisk, it was going way too fast, and the woman with all her children piled into the careless SUV should not have been in a hurry to get her hair done. Things come as surprises, offering up infinitesimal glitters of sun crash and shattered star. At night, the crickets vie with cicadas and tree frogs for the utmost attention, before the catbird signals the rest that it is time. I wrote in the Dictionary of Melancholia, Handbook for Fatigue, Diary of Material Wanderings, Notebook of Promises to Oneself, Notebook of Modified Contingencies, Notebook of Intensities, Coda of Rain, and slept finally in the downy clouds of my ancestors, feeding through my faulty emotions and chromosomes. I survived many kaleidoscopic dream fractals and other attempts at nomenclature, but without verbs. I slept finally for days and woke up alive. End poem. Wow. That was absolutely intense and gripping and just absolutely fantastic job being able to carry that level of emotion through the entire thing. I mean, it was, like a, it was like a, a stolen breath held the entire time. Thank you, Nyla. Fantastic job on that, sweetheart. Thank you. Your program is so wonderful. I'm really enjoying it. Well, thank you. I'm really glad that you're here. You're part of the reason it's more wonderful now. <laughs> oh, thank you. That works, right? 
Yeah, we'll have to talk offline about doing that workshop that we talked about last week for um, people sending their work out for publication. Do that. If you can shoot me over a message, um, that's going to be easier because I get I, – I'm, I'm spinning – you guys, I, I'm just really sorry I'm so flaky, but I am. I spin so many uh-huh. plates that it's like, okay, I'll get to this plate in a minute, and then a week has gone by, and it's like, shit. That plate's still spinning. It's pretty wobbly, though. <laughs> so shoot me a message because I, I have to get two uh, pre-recorded here. Did you want to pre-record yours or do yours live? Or um, a what series do you think is um, it's, it's really up to you. Okay. I need to get two people who want to do a pre-recorded one. And if you wanted to, we could do two. We could do one where it's pre-recorded and you do the exercises and stuff or whatever. And then we could do a follow-up show where we could um, do it live and people could ask you questions. So we can do both kinds if you want to. You can do one where you do teachings about it and then one where you actually take calls and and answer questions. That would be awesome. So you decide what you want to do. Yeah, that sounds great. And I'm sorry about your kitty. I'm very Uh, sorry about your kitty. You know, it's it's. I don't want to sound like one of those crazy cat people, but I love my cat. It's pure white yep. with a black tail, and his name's oh. Quill. And we'll he's the cutest I. kitty in the whole world, and he just loves me, and I love him, and he's my friend. <laughs> what color eyes does he have? Uh, yellow. Oh. Like an amber, I just an amber, did, dark amber. I just adopted. Um, I have a dog. I have a rescue dog, a rescue cat, and I just rescued another cat, and um. I started out with the cat in the study, left the door open because the two cats were you know, kind of looking at each other fondly. And then um, the cat took over my bed because I think it was high up. It was good to, like, <laughs> view the other animal. The dog, like, loves cats. He just kind of, like, stays with me, giving her her space. So um, then I saw the other cat on the bed with the new kitty. So the new kitty's been in my closet for the last two days. Oh. And, and I'm... Um, I'm volunteering at a no-kill um, cat shelter, so I'm scared I'm going to be a crazy cat litter, a cat lady, and get more cats. I I would be I would be that lady, but I, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm the one that's always bringing stray somethings home. So yep. yeah, I'm right there with me you. Me too. Yep. All right, so people can find me um, on www.krishajopek.com. That's K-R-Y-S-I-A. J-O-P-E-K dot com. Awesome. And I'm on, All right, I'm on sweetheart. Facebook. Okay. Thank you so much for reading tonight. And I just okay, uh, yeah. just posted a picture of my baby on my page so you can see him. Oh, good. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right, sweetheart. Take care. Thank Bye. you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 256256. You're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? I'm doing fine. This is Stan out of Alabama. Of course it is. <laughs> it is so good to hear from you, sweetheart. Oh, thank you. Big, big kudos to George. He did great. Didn't he? Yes. He's awesome. I had fun with him. Oh, yeah. You know, it was great to hear from Eric and James and <laughs> Jim and, uh, of course, Dennis. Yeah. It's been a great show. Awesome. And, and, uh, what are you going to do? How can you not love Amelia? 
<laughs> I know, right? How can you not? Uh, she, she is she is her own planet, her own time zone, and I love visiting there often. Oh yes, very unique character. Yes, I love that. So, how are you feeling? I am doing very well. I am doing well. That is great to hear. Well, I have homework and one of the assignments. Look at you. <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah, you're the first one to bring homework tonight. Really? You get the coolest points, yeah. Well, guess what? What? It's not it's not it's not the last three song titles. It's the ones before that cuz I never got a chance to do those. <laughs> it and doesn't matter be... which one. It doesn't matter which homework. It just has to be homework. I don't care if it was from a year ago. Okay. Well, it's uh, Who's Going to Ride Wild Horses, Take Back the Power, and Prisoners of Society one. Okay. And uh, I titled this thing Free Range. All things that are kept denied their own identity. Without freedom of expression makes prisoners of society. Our words turned as dead stallions, no longer allowed free range. Who's going to ride the wild horses that create social change? We must take back the power. No censored heart, mind, or soul. Do we want our children in a world with free will, lifeless, left cold, and peace? That was awesome. You get an A-plus on your homework. You did fantastic. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That make, that that just warms my little apple polisher heart. That really does. <laughs> apple polisher heart. Okay, so that's your new homework. You need to write a poem with that title. That's my new homework? Yeah, that title, Apple Polisher Heart. Oh, my God. What have I got? I know. See, you shouldn't even open your mouth around me. <laughs> yeah, but then I can't speak the poetry. That's true. So it's just it's just one of those catch twenty twos, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's your homework. Now, you did say that part of the assignment was to go ahead and get sloppy uh-huh. or messy. Yes, uh, I went full on sloppy. <laughs> I took okay. your I took your exercise ghost writing to you. And I added the poetic form of the month that Michael Amade put out there on World Poetry Open Mic, which is in an Italian form, which is Raccontino. And the thing about this form is your even-numbered lines rhyme. The odd-numbered lines don't have to rhyme. But the last words in the odd-numbered lines if you put them together, have to reference back to the poem. Doesn't that sound like fun? That is that is craziness. So I want to hear it. Okay. And naturally, since it's ghost writing to you, title is Seance. Non-believer I at a gathering calling the dead. 
were contact without voices, but paper and pencil. Dim-lit table, room shadows, no one dares speak. As a medium chance, while we all remain still. The pencil untouched moves, all awestruck within. It writes, I am your great-great-great-uncle Will. I've come to touch all with my arcane words written. All gasped, cold air touched us as falls the pencil. They believed they were touched by a spirit unworldly. Such a ghostly encounter gave them all a great thrill. Hmm, doubt it. Not one deed thou or other arcane word. And I think, oh, Will, would have preferred ink and quill. End piece. Okay, that was incredible. And the uh, the last lines, or the, the first words of the even or the last words of those of the odd numbered lines come out as dead speak within written unworldly words. So that how fun was that right to write? To yeah, your 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 first, third, fifth lines, all your odd number lines, whatever word it ends with. Uh huh. When you feed them down they have to reference back to the poem. So dead speak within written unworldly words. How did Bam. you how did you how did you write that and be able to do all that and see that that just your your writing amazes me. The thought you put into it, the way that I mean your your understanding of structure all of that it just just astounds me and and the way you have fun with it i mean that that's why I asked you know how much fun was that for you to write? It's like you push and challenge yourself, you know probably more than any writer that I know to to do things like that. It's pretty amazing I just that I think that's what it is is I don't go at it like oh with an, like a a heavy intensity or anything. I have fun. I enjoy it. You can, and, and, and you can really seriously tell. Huh? You can seriously tell. I mean, it's just awesome. Well, for me, that's what it is. Even if I'm writing something serious, I enjoy it. You know, for me, it's an adventure. Anytime I, I, I pick up and go after words, it's an adventure to me. I'm on, on an adventurous journey every time. And that's why I have no idea what form it's going to take until I start writing. You know, I have noticed a tendency toward the terse rhyme lately, you know. But it could be free verse. It could be quatrains. It could be a haiku. I just don't know. It just depends on when I decide to write and I've, I've got the subject in mind, what comes from it. And I just go where it goes. In this case, I looked at your idea, which I thought, I like that idea. That would be like a seance. Mm-hmm. And then I thought of 
the poetic form of the month that Michael came up with, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to put those two together? And the next thing I knew, that's what I did. Well, you get like you get like the most super cool Uber awesome points because, uh, or is it Uber? Is it Uber or Uber? I guess it's Uber. Uh, Uber awesome points. Kudos because you did two homeworks. <laughs> oh well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna drop out and push one again, and I might actually be able to get those last three song titles <laughs> in tonight. So what do you think about this week's assignment? Or writing, uh, did you hear the writing prompt for this week? No, I, I, I was out having a great time with a couple of friends, and I didn't get in until late. I didn't get even on the air. That's okay. I'll give, them, I'll give them to you guys again real quick, okay? okay. So the, the prompt for this week, last month we did song titles. This week we're doing headlines, or this month we're doing headlines. And, but we're calling it fake news. Okay. <laughs> so the headlines, three headlines for this week are this. And I'm going to give the correct headline and then this, the actual uh, prompt. So the first headline is scientists find 540-million-year-old million footprints. That's the okay. actual headline. The prompt is... Scientists find 550-million-year-old blank, and you fill in the blank, like Twinkie or something. Oh, okay, right, big news. All right, the next one is man knocked, out by cold, or man knocked out cold by angry alligator. That's the correct title. So okay. I want this one to be man knocked out cold by angry, and you fill in the blank. Okay. The next one is last surviving... Munchkin from Wizard of Oz dies. The prompt is last surviving blank from blank dies. Oh, brother. Okay. Okay. So if you didn't get those, just go back to the beginning of the show after the show goes into the archives and you can write them down. Okay. So we've got three fake headlines with an apple polisher's heart. I don't know if this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, you pick which one you want to do. You decide. <laughs> They're just okay. seeds. If they grow, that's great. If they don't, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> There's no telling what kind of a twisted vine can come out of this. <laughs> so we have about uh, about an hour left in the show. You want to hang out for the last hour? Sure. Cool. Well, before we, you sure, because I'm like kind of like putting you on the spot on the air. You aren't busy or anything, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So before we get to the next caller, then go ahead and tell everyone how they can find you. Okay. You can find me on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe on Thursday night. You can find me in World Poetry Open Mic on Friday nights. You can find me on Inspiration Factory on Sunday nights. You can find me on Poetry in the Raw on Monday nights. I'm a part of the Garden of Poetry and Prose group, uh, Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. And uh, I'm part of the Outlaw Poetry group. I'm also in an anthology 
published by Outlaw Poets called We're in Cahoots. And I'm in the anthology, 2017 anthology of World Poetry Open Mic, both available on Amazon. Very cool. All right. So have you hang out with me. I'm going to go ahead and give the lineup of the next uh, four or five callers so you kind of know where you are. We have area code 216. Then we have 347. 714, actually let me do this again because there's two 347s. So we have area code 216, then 3478, then 4, or excuse me, 714, then 34781. The other one's 85, and this is 81, and then 240. All right, so those are kind of the lineup we're coming into. So let's get Mama on the phone. Yes. Mama, are you with us? Yes, yes, sir, Reebok. Yes, sir, Reebok. <laughs> How are you doing, Mama? I'm doing wonderful now that I got a second a second uh, uh, person to uh, say something about my poem. And George <laughs> just fizzled out and left me hanging. I thought I was going to get some uh, uh, feedback here. So... Uh, thank you. See, I told you up. you guys get tired of just Thanks. my feedback. That's why I like bringing people on with me once in a while, so you guys can can hear well, something from your, someone else. I've been getting your feedback for ten years now, and I, uh, I, I need <laughs> twelve, almost twelve, Mama. <laughs> right. And um, I was just thinking, uh, you tried to give me a show of my own one time, and I think you need to bring that show back. Not give it to me, but bring. Um, that Sunday show back uh, um, reading other people's poems. I, I really think you should bring that back now. It would be nice. Yeah, you got enough uh, people now that um, will probably enjoy doing that because I know Stan and uh, George and um, and um, Dennis all like to read other poems from, uh, you know. So maybe you might want to think about bringing that back. I will do that. Okay, I'll be happy about that. Okay, um, this is something you told me now the, about your um, your um, what's it called um, workshops. I was thinking mm-hmm. that if we could find somebody to do a workshop because I lose a lot of contests because I don't know forms, and I think we all need to brush up on our forms so we could probably win more contests. Now, this was a, a thing that you told me before. You said um. Um, it's okay to use a near rhyme. Now, I had written this little limerick. Uh, once there was, once there were clowns in a circus, whose clowns knew not of their purpose. No one laughed at their tricks nor their slaps and kicks, because none hate ruckus. Ruckus. <laughs> okay. So the judges said, "Congratulations on your wonderful win." Um, and this is fantastic. Congratulations on your win. Um, Poet Destroyer, Heaven, Hans Steven Seffler, Dr. Uma, congratulations on your winning limerick. Uh, the person that, t- a lot of them said congratulations, but the person that told the truth that this would have placed higher, but your rhyme at the end was slightly off. But congratulations on your win. I was like, well, what? I couldn't find anything to rhyme with purpose but ruckus and fuckus. 
Do you know a really good way to learn and understand the concept of near rhymes? And near rhymes are words that don't rhyme at all if you say them side by side, but somehow when you put them together in a line of poetry, they rhyme perfectly. And it's because of the stress, instead of the end of the word rhyming, you're rhyming like the stress syllable or the or the um the the sound an internal well the stress level, the or an internal sound of the word the dominant sound inside yeah. the word with another word and to learn to do that well is really simple and to learn the concept to where it clicks in your brain and makes sense it's kind of like you know for a poet it's hard like you know every single person who lines writes a poem with the word life in it damn near always uses the word strife as the rhyme uh, to go with it. Right. Because there's not a lot that really lime, rhyme, rhymes with life. So, um, but sacrifice, used correctly, will rhyme with life. You know, you're using the stress mm-hmm. syllable to to get that rhyme out. And songwriters are masters at that. You know, that's, yeah. that's really a, one of the big differences between writing poetry and writing songs, lyrics, is you can really get away with that because when you're singing, you know, you can sing a word any way you want and bring any sound out dominantly that you want. So if you go and, like, pull up a songwriter that you really enjoy and pull up the lyrics and start reading song lyrics, you'll see mm-hmm. that. And it's like when you read it, it doesn't sound like it does in the song. Because it doesn't rhyme when you read it. But when you hear the song, it does. And that's a really easy way to teach yourself um, near rhymes, internal rhymes, sound rhymes. Stress yeah, you about that. I remembered, and I tried it. And like I said, I still won you know, place, a high place in the contest, but she was just mm-hmm. saying that um, I would have rated higher if I had, I guess that end part, um, ruckus and ruckus. <laughs> Fracas, <laughs> fracas, purpose, fracas, fracas. But um, bucket, bucket. You can use the word bucket. Buckets <laughs> would have worked as a near rhyme. <laughs> they don't allow that in this particular um, poetry, so you can't say things like that. So, yeah. So anyway, I would just say if we can have a workshop on, um, if we can have a workshop on um, styles and what type of poetry it is. If I knew better, like what is a uh, um, you know, how, you know, just like what is a uh, what is the name of that poem that I can't I always forget? Um, an anagram or just homophone, uh, just different types of poetry. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I'll you know, something I I said this earlier um, a while back on a show, and when I when I say that you do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do a workshop, I mean that. So you want to learn poetic forms. What better way to learn a poetic form than to do it together? So why don't you pick out a poetic form and do a little bit of research on it on the Internet, on how to write it. Find some examples of poems written that way. 
try writing a couple yourself and then come on and do a workshop and we'll learn it together. You do the workshop on the form you're trying to learn and we learn it together. You and us and all of us together. Okay. And so this is what I was looking at. This is the one I was looking at and this is what I found. This is the history of it. And this one was written by so-and-so and this one was written by so-and-so. And so I thought I'd give my hand on it and this is what I wrote. So let's break down the structure and let's try it together. So first we're going to look at and walk us through writing one together. We'll learn it together. Why not? That would be awesome fun. Yeah, how about you um, pick out a style and give all of us a chance to write in that style, and then we come back on like our homework, and maybe we do it like maybe 10, ten of those series, and then at least we See, that totally takes away from Mom Do a Workshop. See what she did there, Stan? <laughs> She's slick, isn't she? <laughs> I saw what you did there. I'm not. I, 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 I'm a little bit quicker than that, Mama. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try it. I'll try it. But I just thought maybe everybody kind of like at least had ten under their belt. Um, so you guys hear me talk all the time. I have a couple workshops that I'm going to do, but you guys listen to me ramble all the frickin' time. You know, this is. I want you to come on and talk. I want you guys to come on and do the show. I want you guys to share and talk and have fun. I mean, this is your community. So, you know, these, these workshops and stuff are time for you guys to have some fun and play. So I would love it if one of you guys would do that. Okay, I'll and try I, it. I'll probably, yeah. I probably need a part. Okay, let me do my piece here before, um, okay. I, I, get, before I start sounding like, uh, um, what's his name? Eric. <laughs> She tickles herself. <laughs> I know she does. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, begin is called Raining Spirit, and I was saving it for Friday, but I'm going to go ahead and do it for you. So, Stan, you got to hear this twice because I'm doing this one tomorrow. That's it's all right. I'm doing seance tomorrow also. You're going to do what, <laughs> so, I'm going to be doing seance again tomorrow. Okay, cool. Because it is a Riccatoni. Riccatoni. Riccatino. You can tell I'm not Italian. All right, here we go. Raining spirit. Like a ravenous fire is my tongue. The spirit of a wild wolf resides inside my restless flesh. I was sent to devour and destroy misnomers. Mortar, brick, and clay shall wash away. Trust only in God's promise and not in the lies. I was sent to reveal the lies. I despise what God despises. I love that which God loves. Surrender to my word of wisdom. Walk not behind the jolly who folly, follow folly. The miserable will soon be forever free. The day of reckoning is near, and all who suffer, even as a child, will be cleared. All who gather their wealth will feel the wrath. And so it has been set in motion. It can never be rescinded, as what you have done to the least of us on earth shall be the destroyer of you. Retribution and karma are the relentless force that no evil can conquer. The face of the creator shall never bless your internal eyes. 
You are without the God spirit and are without shame or truth. You have no eyes, no mouth, no tongue. Soon we will all be free from this temporary flesh. I do not rejoice in your ignorance, neither do I fear your temporary power. Yea, though I walk in wisdom, I am still but one grain of sand in all of the mighty oceans. As the sun shines down near all the oceans, I am that tiny particle that glistens. So please listen. Stand up and be counted. Speak up and be heard. Attempt your utmost endeavor. Pray for a discerning spirit and know that though the wicked ones are at large, God is still in charge from now until forever. In peace. And Comer uh, is the definition of seeing mortar and clay. I had a hard time finding a word to rhyme with misnomers, so I had to really dig for that word. And it's a biblical word. So, that's in peace. Stan? That was a very powerful inspirational speech. A good warning, too. You know, you know, there is one final court we all have to go into, and there's no plea bargaining there. That's true. You know, you owe your yeah, that's my first time reading it, so um, yeah, give me some feedback. I need to kind of like make it flow a little better here. Thank you uh, for yeah, pointing that out. Yeah, there's only one final Final judgment, and um, we have to at least, you know, at some point, stop the madness. You know, <laughs> if you and, uh, people that's trying to take stuff with them, they just worship money and material things. And uh, I've never seen a U-Haul at the graveyard. So. <laughs> you know, they always say, "He who dies with the most toys wins." Right. It, it, it's he who inherits the dead guy's toys. That's the one who wins. Yeah. Yeah. What was that song? What was that group? Uh, Switchfoot. All the, all the wealth of the kings end up in wills, which mm-hmm. is true. That's the mm-hmm. truth. Yeah, you're you're making all that money and stashing it back, and somebody else is going to get it. <laughs> Yeah, you always laugh. You know, people spend most of their life chasing after material things and, you know, stepping over the top of people to get it. And it's like their focus, you know, having the coolest new phone and having the most expensive new car and, you know, living in debt and chasing hours for dollars and hours for dollars and not building those. You know, at the at the end, when you're when you're ready to take your last breath, I'm sorry, but your car is not going to be there holding your hand. No. You know. You you really have to put life into perspective, right? I think you know, right? And just like uh, Eric was speaking about those caged animals, you mm-hmm. know, I think they should do the animals the same way they do people, like put them on a fort, maybe a, a two year tour, like they were serving in the armed forces. They serve in the zoo for two years and then let them go. But see, by that time, we've killed their spirit. They would never make it in the wild again. They'll get it back once they get back out there with their buddies. They'll or, or they'll become I mean, part of the food chain, which is important, too. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt so. 
I doubt it. They'll, they'll get it back even tenfold probably. But I'm saying <laughs> if they wanted to have goats and stuff, don't keep the same poor animals there till they die. I mean, like like I said, two years in and, you know, they get their uh, military card and go back to the bush. <laughs> there you go. That's oh funny. Mama, you're not. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a way we could still have zoos without being like, uh, like you know, you know, uh, cruel. Because I mean, he did make yeah. a good point about that. Kind of sad looking at him. You know, some, something as mighty as that, just all locked up in a cage, and then sometimes they get angry when you're gawking at them. But okay, let me. I throw shit too. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. There's uh, a visual. <laughs> so, um, we got a, we got another 45 minutes left. So do we have a lot of callers? Because if if so, I'll call back and uh, do a. Second yeah, we piece. do. We got. Well, okay. you can try calling back in. I don't know if you'll get back on, but you can try calling back in. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, I'm gonna listen. Mom, it was and, great uh, hearing you. Thank you so much, darling. You'll be hearing me again, Mom. <laughs> you guys are so cute Alright mama love you honey We'll talk to you soon Alright then I love you more And you know what I'm glad your hand is healing up I started understanding what that's about Now because I've been tweezing A lot tweezing and doing that Tweezer back and forth trying to pull Little tiny hairs out I think I better mm-hmm. stop because I can feel What you're talking about that sensation That numbing sensation so, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, when it gets so bad that it you you have constant electric shocks going from your wrist and all the way up into your shoulder, then you know you you know you've waited too long. <laughs> yep, I'm I'm gonna stop it right now. But I want to also shout out Shelly Gambino. She is just a treasure that um that um we we found here on this program. So shout out to Shelly, and she's always commenting on my page, and I just love her too. So bye uh, bye. <laughs> All right, Mama. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right, Mr. Stan, our next caller comes from area code three four seven. Three four seven, you're on the air. Three four seven eight five. Good evening, everyone. Hey, sweetie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And yourself? Doing amazing. It's really Awesome to hear from you. I got you. How you doing, Stan? I'm doing fine. And how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. I, listen, I, for the life of me, I can't seem to get on to the show Friday nights. I know that is the one thing about that venue. It, it's it's usually five callers per session. And then there's, at the very end of it, they have what is known as uh, the return engagement, which they'll take in right. as, as many callers as they can. Right, right. But it, it's hard because there are just so many poets trying to get on there. I haven't figured it out yet. you got to be pretty quick on the draw. <laughs> oh, yeah. They should do a oh, second yeah. show a week or something like that on this venue. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Yeah. I might have to talk to Michael. <laughs> yeah, might, I'm not sure what I venue they to. use, but, um, yeah. Stan, I believe we we were both. Uh, I was also I was also 
um, in the book uh, last year's um, anthology. But un- unfortunately, I only got one poem in. I-, I thought I submitted, I don't know what happened. I thought I submitted maybe three or something like that. I don't know how, what happened, but, or maybe I just submitted one. And I'm seeing everybody submitting three and four poems. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great book. Is that the one? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, know. I had one in there. It was called. Oh, the you Maid. had one. Okay, so I gotta find it. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. Here, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you right now. What I did with remains was I used three separate poetic forms in one okay. content, right? Okay. And evidently, I didn't do it right because when I submitted it, it ended up being three separate poems. Oh wow. Yeah, so there's a haiku, there's two <laughs> stanza lines of rhyming, and then there's a free verse in there that are mine. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. There, hey, there's then. a poem I did. I did an experimental poem like that where it was, um, it was, um, it was, a, it's like I think it consisted of two haikus, two cinerus, and um, it, it it was rhyme, it was rhyme meter, and then it. With three verse, so it was like just a gumbo, you know, a poem gumbo, I should say. But um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay, so no you just gave yourself homework. I want you to write a poem called oh, no. Poetry Gumbo. Poetry. Ah. <laughs> I always open my mouth. Oh my God, I'm still working on the first, on the other one from last week. But I'll, I'll, it, I'll get it to you. Eventually. It never stops. It, it's, you know. She's got that trigger, man. The minute she hears it, here it is. Yeah, I know. I, I can't take it back either because she's already got it. Okay. Sorry, guys. Stop saying interesting shit. <laughs> Noted. Um, okay. <laughs> but, um, by, the, I'm, by, the, by the way, everybody, I'm Prince A. McNally from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm, I'm going to recite a piece called... Uh, a beautiful story. The soul of a dreamer, her mind tends to wander far beyond the vainly colored ripples of the shallow ponds others choose to wade in. For she boldly chooses to swim within the deepest rivers of her veins, where the scars of her emotions openly bleed the vast blue ocean of language where her pain identifies its purpose as it defiantly unravels its mysteries, compelling destiny to reveal the missing pages of her story. She writes unassumingly, pouring her heartfelt misery upon the absorbent skin of fallen trees, which cried aqua blue tears as they bellowed to the stars in multiple dialects, for in spite of their tears, those fallen trees had a beautiful story to tell. Humming the vibration of their precious roots, the trees released the leaves to sing the echoes of their story through the air by osmosis. She often cries whenever she scribes upon the pages of her journal, but in spite of her tears, in spite of her fears, she just keeps on writing. Because in the heart of her journals, she finds peace. She finds relief. She finds solace. She finds herself riding a wave of discovery, providing her with the courage to ask the question, why? 
finally facing down her fears, bravely pushing through the smoky shadows of her demons that all too often left her spiritually broken. But now she has awakened, and she will not be broken anymore, for despite her torment and pain, she is no longer a victim. She is a survivor. She is a warrior. She is a conqueror. She is a writer. And in spite of all she's ever been through, she somehow manages to see the beauty in her scars, the beauty in her pain. And just like those fallen trees, she has a beautiful story to tell in peace. Fantastic. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. I loved all those fantastic images and metaphors throughout that entire piece. That was absolutely beautiful, Prince. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Wow. That's actually a piece dedicated um, to to women, um, women that have gone through abuse and so on and so forth, you know, and especially with women poets, you know, because we, we find a lot of our poets through pain, through abuse. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, that poem is actually was inspired by, by women, women in pain, I should say, I guess. Yeah. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, more than enjoyed it. That was that was epic. It really was. Fantastic. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Stan. You know, as being one of those women who have scars who have those scars, I it, it was very awesome to hear you read that piece. You know, I, I think that every woman in her life at some point finds herself a victim of something, and we bear these scars, and they're hard for women because, you know, media teaches us we have to be perfect, you know, we have to whatever, and I had an ex shoot me, and I've got a scar on my right side, on my on the right side of my uh, waist, and I used it, I, I never wanted, in, you know, I, I wore clothes that, you know, I didn't wear the super short crop tops because I was afraid that the scar would show and all of that. And the thing that I appreciated most about your piece was the the acceptance. You know, the it's almost it's, in in your piece I heard I heard the coming to peace with the scars. You know, and and that for me I thought was really profound. You know, when you can stop seeing them as something ugly and they turn to pretty pink ribbons instead. And so, yeah, I thought the piece was great. Um, Thank you. Um, Just to add on to what you just said, there's a a saying um, a friend would always say to me, pain is, is the gift that nobody wants. And what I get from that is that through our healing, we have to go through pain. Mm-hmm. There's nothing beautiful. Everything beautiful comes out of some kind of pain. 
birth comes from out of pain. You understand? Our mothers go through so much, went through so much to bring us here. You know, so pain is the gift that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. So once we once we see our pain and we recognize, once we recognize our pain, what it was, and we recognize the lesson, that's the gift. Because now it's something that we can take and 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 sh- and give to others, show to others, to let them know what you're going through will birth you much more than what you're going through now. Yeah. That's true. Great job. Thank you so much. Um, again, Prince A. McNally, you can find me on Facebook under Prince A. McNally. That's where I post a lot of my poems, not most of them, but a lot of them. Um, you can also find me on um, Instagram, uh, Poet for the People. That's Poet, the number four, the people. And uh, you can also find me here. Awesome. Almost, almost every Thursday. <laughs> yes, sir, we can, and we appreciate it so much. But um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sam, you were going to say something? I said that was a great read. You read that beautifully. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm preparing to go back on, you know, get back on stage I haven't been on stage for a while, so I've been writing a lot of pieces, um, more or less uh, performance-type pieces. Not on purpose, but that's how they're coming out. So that's one of them that I just – I actually did read this one on stage, and it was, like, it was really crazy. I loved it. But, um, yeah. But, again, thank you. Thanks again. Um, Stan, inbox me. If, if if you can, all right, when you get a chance, and uh, we'll talk further. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Peace and love, everybody. <laughs> Peace and love to you, sweetheart. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week, honey. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right, our next caller comes from area code 714. 714, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hi, Stan. How are you? This is Jacqueline. Doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Oh, a little tired today, but I'm doing good. I am interested in um, attending the, the workshop. Very interested. So. Attending or doing one? Being a part of it, not uh, do it. No, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I want to learn. I want to learn. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, as we get those scheduled, I will be posting them on our page, on my page, and letting everybody know. So we do have two of them because I will be gone for two weeks in July. I will. There will be two of them in mid-July, middle of July. Okay, perfect. Well, um. This is called Stanley Rubinowitz versus Foster Kids. And um, it, it's based on a friend of mine who um, 
He wrote a book. It's called The Chance in the World, and it uh, eventually was put on uh, the screen and made into a movie, and it's based on his life. So I, um, I wrote this recently, and I read it once. However, what I'm really interested in is learning how not to tell, or what is it, uh, show, don't tell, <laughs> It's more of a a book, but anyway, here it goes. The perils of a mother's child when no chance in the world is given to survive is bestowed an extra measure of strength times ten, forced to endure more than the strongest of men. Lost in an overpopulated system where dollars and cents is the motivation with no regard to children. If I lived in heaven, I'd ask God one question. I would plead for him to listen. Maybe then he would make the decision to turn back the hands of time when you were not so hard to find. I'd run wild down every dirt road to find a different residence with another zip code where babies are not victims, neglected, broken, or beaten, fearfully treading on tiptoes. Well, here I am once again in front of a different door waiting to enter with all that I own crammed inside of wrinkled plastic. It is just a temporary bed, no need to unpack it. Here for now, gone next week. But I have a secret that no one knows. I carry you with me to every home. When everyone else is asleep, I talk to the lady in my faded photo. Beautiful mommy kissed my cheek after we blew the candles out. I think it was my first birthday. You looked so happy carrying that cake. I don't remember when things changed. I don't know why they took me away. After they found you on the ground, they never gave you a chance. I begged them to leave us alone. I told them I needed to stay and wait. I told them it won't be long. You always come back after one or two days. But no one was listening. It all happened so fast. Are you also confused, lady in the photo? Are you also lonely, alone, as the weeks, months, and years pass? I love you, Mommy. Where did you go? Are you coming for me soon? I want to go home. I dare not inquire about you at all. The need to know is often met with excessive ridicule coupled with threats, unwarranted, harsh punishments, eventually became the culprit for bodily fluid leaked from my eyes, my nose, my teeth. Once or twice, the force rendered a shameful bodily act of betrayal. Without warning, my organs surrendered as warm liquid pooled around my fetal position. Right nor wrong mattered about an emaciated body, neglected with one rib shattered. Days filled with confusion, hungry all the time. I carefully dressed to cover and hide eggplant-colored contusion. Eventually, my queries were silenced. Still no, affliction, sorry, still no amount of affliction matched the torment of not knowing the unanswered question that fell into submission I learned not to ask. To no one other except myself, I just wanted to know where my mommy went. What did I do to deserve this? Was I a terrible kid? Did I not do enough to help you? I remember we played in the park, 
You stayed all night under the big oak, the earthy smell of your sweat, my scrawny arms around your neck. Laying on the grass together in the dark, you hummed the saddest tune. You said it was your own rendition of this mother's blues. Something about it caused you to softly whimper after the tears left, then you left me here. For 13 years, I was desperate to escape, sleeping in a dank basement on the corner between hell and Hades. My first day of school, the teacher spoke loud. Every morning, she called roll. Her pen checked marks the page. First and last names accounted for. Smiling softly at their faces, eager hands flew up in the air. Teacher repeated a name, vaguely certain I've heard. Then my knee-jerk reflexes flinched after she placed her hands on my head, smoothing back my unruly hair, her curious eyebrows raised. Her eyes locked in on me. She called out three more times. This name, it sounds familiar. I'm sure I've heard it before. Sydney Rabinowitz. Sydney Rabinowitz. Sydney Rabinowitz. Before that day, I would answer to the only name I had come to know. But after that day, I discovered I am not what they called me. I answer to a new name now. Sydney the Gladiator Rabinowitz. Not foster kids. In point. <laughs> were you? This is kind of a personal question, but were you raised in the foster system, or is that written off of? No, no. This is based on a, on my friend's life. His yeah. His name is Steve Pemberton. Um, mm-hmm. He he went on to be uh, very successful. Actually, he was the vice president of Walgreens uh, Diversity uh, Depart- Division. Um, came very successful, travel spe- uh, uh, speaker um, all around the world. But he's uh, yeah. He, this is loosely based on this is his story, and um, I found him on on YouTube, and I I wanted to meet him so badly after I watched his, you know, series of stories, and lo and behold, I had that opportunity, and I spent the whole day with him, and um, it was just amazing. It was just amazing to see how much he advocates for foster kids, and it really gave me a drive and a passion for that as well. So I wrote this on behalf of my friend Steve, and um, yeah, you know, hopefully people uh, you know, there's an invisible tribe of people out there that no one really pays attention to or knows or cares to ask what their story is. And, you know, it's pretty tragic. So I don't I know agree. how well this is written, but it, 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 is, it is my way of just making it um, known that uh, maybe someone out there needs a, a, a maybe a, a better foster care parent or home. So. I was raised in the foster care uh, system. You were? Yeah, I was raised in the foster care system, so a lot of that hit really true with me. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, well, I tell you, um, if you if you get a chance, go on YouTube and look up Steve Pemberton. You will see that he um, he he's a survivor, 
like yourself, be successful like yourself. And um, he he had a movie. He has a movie out. Actually, it's called The Chance in the World. Yes, I'm giving him a shameless plug. <laughs> and he has a book out. Um, the movie was written from the title of the book, A Chance in the World. So, and he tells that story how um, that title came to be. So, um, I, I I was not raised in the foster care system, and I I was totally clueless to what children endure. And mm-hmm. after I I heard that, I I just knew I had to somehow use my voice to. I think one of the most important things people could get from your poem and that man's story is, yes, there are circumstances where it may be necessary to remove a child from an actual parent's care. But by God, at least take the time to see what environment you're putting them in afterward. What's the point of going from the frying pan into the fire? I agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm afraid to talk. I'm afraid I'm going to start coughing again. Jeez, Louise. All right, sweetie, do me a favor. I have to stand a better chance on the street. But before I go, I also want to give a shameless plug to Doug Curry, who is um, in Chicago as we speak, um, hosting the Chicago Blues Festival. Hey, Doug, I hope you hear the show. And um, knock them dead out there. So um. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so where I can Very be cool. found is on allpoetry.com, um, Facebook, Jacqueline Slavin, and uh, YouTube, Gratitude for You. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for sharing that. Definitely. You're welcome. All right. Have a good evening. You too, honey. Boy, that was rough. I started coughing. I couldn't stop. And then I muted. I thought I muted myself, but I muted you. (laughs) 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 Not one of my finer moments in radio. I sat there and had a second there where I went, oh, my God, what was it I said that got me muted? Wait a minute. I didn't say anything. No, that was that was my bad. Yeah, I thought I That's muted okay. myself because I started coughing and I muted you. All right, let's grab our next caller. Area code 347, you are on the air. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Hey. Hi, Nyla. I know that voice. <laughs> if I was a puppy, I would have just pissed on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing awesome, love. I've missed you so much. How are you? I miss you too. I'm good. You know, even if I'm not here, I'm never too far. I do know this. I know this. <laughs> so, so happy Prince's birthday, by the way. Yeah. Thanks. I know that's important to you. It is. Uh, yeah, so, uh, hey, Stan, how you doing? I'm doing fine. 
Happy Good. Christmas Day, yeah. And there's a hell of a talent. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite artist. Um, he was. So um, I actually came with a piece um, that was inspired by Prince. I wrote it um, probably like a couple of weeks after he passed away. So I kind of was just going to share that because <clears throat> it is Prince's birthday. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and for people who doesn't know who this is, this is written in pain, just to put that out there. <laughs> it is written in pain. <laughs> I'm not going to tease so, you. I'm being good. You're not? Well, I'm good. It's not, is there something to tease me about? It's not George Michael. Well, I could have asked you, was, you know, <laughs> did you like Prince more than George Michael? And I did like Prince written more than giggles, George Michael. And, I did like Prince more than George Michael, but I, you know I'm a I'm a George Michael fan. In fact, you've made sure that everyone knows I'm a George Michael fan. I have, because I love that about you, and I love that I know that about you. <laughs> um, this piece is called "I Should Have Known," so I'm ready when you guys are ready. Oh, please go. Okay. Tracks of tears drop from sad faces. Sometimes we look for love in the wrong places. But she, she was everything times all that. Lips, fingertips, hips, high heels, sex appeal, that good kind of bad, let's keep it real. Ladylike but nasty. Adored yet flawed when she asked me, you going to buy me a drink, handsome? Her eyes took my heart ransom. Then ran some. We went from drinking to dancing, kissing, now leaving. I remember the bouncer announcing she got another one. And some dude outside saying I was going to have some fun. We we approached the parking lot, her car taking up two parking spots. I, I guess I should have known by the way she parked the car sideways. We went to her place and crashed faces, removing T-shirts and bra laces. There is no laying down plans for one-night stands. See, at the time, I wasn't a whore, and honestly, I'd never done this before. So you're the kind of person who believes in making out once. You love them and leave them fast. She silenced me violently, flooded me with doubt. It was about I wanted to leave, but... It was the way she made it squeeze while on her knees. I, I guess I must be dumb. She had a pocket full of horses, Trojans and some of them used. Confused. I, I knew I smelled cologne. I, I knew I saw men's shoes. I should leave. I'm confused. It feels so good being used. And, and it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it all right. You say, what have I got to lose? I turn the page, we engage. A baby, but I'm the one caged. The club takes center stage. When I yell about an AM page, he tells me to act my age. Enraged. All we do is fight, threaten to break up, make up. She want to go out with friends every night, but what if it's Saturday night? I guess that makes it all right. I finally get a password, right? Who's this number always calling all night? I see her in naked video clips. Vagina lips, tits, dick pics. I'm sick. Some dark-skinned brother texting he love her. 
keep into his house, met his mother. I'm about to call this motherfucker, but but it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it. Uh, it's more like Sunday morning, and I'm calling. No text first, no warning. It's crazy. I call from her phone, and he answers, hey, baby. I say, are you fucking my lady? I must have sounded crazy. I said, are you fucking my lady? He hung up fast. Believe it or not. I started to worry. I'm wondering if I had enough class. I called again. Are you fucking my lady? He said, you need to find a love that's going to last. He said, you you need to find a love that's going to last. And yes, every weekend I'm busting my ass. And, and I said the ride. He said the ride was so sweet. I hung up the phone quick. Still sick. Thinking about her mouth on his I wake up asking why and who is this guy? She looked at me, said it didn't matter. She was in love with some guy she met in the club. I felt flooded, hollowed, and gutted. You need to find a love that's going to last, she uttered. You need to find a love that's going to last, she uttered. I'm breathless. I asked, you fucked him here? I said, have you fucked him here? My eyes full of tears, body full of fear. She picked up my one-year-old baby and said, let me be clear. You knew exactly who I was when I brought you here. I guess I should have known by the way she parked the car sideways that it wouldn't last. I was in pain. That was phenomenal. You read that before. I heard that. I've heard that. I've heard you read that before, but. It's like, I don't know. Stan, go. I've got to tell you now, as far as a tribute to that particular Prince song and that story he he wove all through that thing, that was absolutely fantastic. You could Thank just you. see how those lyrics were following this guy right through this entire event. Thank you. Oh, you, you did a great job that. Great. He did. Ow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, you should do that for all of his songs. Every year you should do a tribute to one of his songs like that. Just saying. That's a pretty good idea, Nyla, that you got there. I oh, know. I'm kind of good at homework, aren't I? <laughs> you are. <laughs> Um, listen, uh, I like Mama's idea about that uh, that workshop with the rhyme schemes and with the writer's house. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let me know when that's happening. You were going to do a workshop with us, weren't you? Didn't we do one? No, we didn't. I wanted you, to do a we, workshop. We did one on spoken word, but you were going to do one on classic poetry in some form. Yeah, yeah. And I think we talked about doing one about rhyme schemes, but I don't know what happened. You know, you're busy. And I'm I'm late. I'm out the loop. What happened to your hand? I had surgery on it. I got it stuck in the garbage disposal. Oh my God! Are you okay? I'm joking. Oh, oh my God! That'll teach you to not check on me more often. Oh, <laughs> that's just so wrong. <laughs> that's <was> wrong. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, you caught me. But uh, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Do you have Do you have all your fingers? I have all my fingers. Okay. 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 You're good. 
<laughs> Shoot me a message after the show. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll call and catch up. Okay. Okay. Um, if anybody's looking for me, I'm written in pain everywhere. I just uh, released a. Uh, I just released an album on Bandcamp. It's called Follow the Flow. You can go listen to it for free, or you can buy it for seven bucks. Up to you. And uh, yeah, that's it. So, are you going to um, send me a couple tracks to put on the show? Oh, I will. And in fact, I will. I'm gonna see two tracks that I think that'll. Yeah, you could play them. That would be awesome. Or I could give you seven bucks and buy the CD. No, you just you know it's, you just. I got you, Nyla. Don't worry about this stuff. Don't worry. I, got you. <laughs> I am so glad you called in. I miss you. I know you're busy, and like you said, even though I mean we both go 90 miles an hour, but you're always right here with me. I keep you sewed into the hem of my skirt and and take you everywhere with me. I love you dearly, and I'm really glad I love you, you had back, a chance Nyla. to call in tonight, Carlos. I love you too, and I'm, you know, you know, I always try to get here when I can. Thursdays um, have been kind of busy for me, but whenever I'm, you know, I always know one thing is for sure. I know you're always here, and that's great to know. So wherever, no matter where everyone goes, they know they can always check in at Speakeasy Cafe. You're reliable. <laughs> yes. I'm like I'm like that old pair of jeans, you know. No matter how much weight you gain, you still fit into them. They're comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And you know you're not gonna throw them away, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I should take a picture of my. I've got a pair of jeans like that, and it's like they've got three three threads left on them, but I won't get rid of them. Right, we all have a little, yeah. we all have a pair of jeans like that. Um, yep. Good talking to you, Stan. It was great talking to you. And by the way, that was a fantastic reading. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Nyla, yeah, you know when I call you, try to answer the phone. Okay, you can use your other hand. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye, hon. Okay. Love that man. All right, our next caller comes from area code 240240. 240. You're on the air. Uh, hey, how you doing? Um, my name is Black Gladiator. I'm calling from out of Washington, D.C. Um, hey, welcome today, to the show, sweetheart. Hey, thank you. Um, and tonight I was wondering if I can do two two poems. Um, they're short poems. So if I can do them, if it's yeah, as right long as they're me. short, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, my first one I'm gonna play. Um, not play, but say it's called Flawless. Uh, let me know when you're ready. Go ahead. All right. Um, Flawless. I always believe my life to be a trial. No jury, just God with judgment and gavel. Watching it all unravel while I travel the earth trying to find out what my mission is. But you, you've been brown sugar perfection long before Ivory's lips sip life into Ebony's bosom. And through your veins runs the blood of illustrious pharaohs, Nigerian queens and kings and Zulu warriors. Despite Ben's men rejected for me and to me, you may have not always been the queen, but you forever be majestic. For your hands remind me of things that are waiting to be fixed. 
like the leaking eyes of our baby brother mothers, the self-esteem of our youth, and the broken hearts of rejected lovers who have players burned through their emotions like kids burned through toilet paper rolls with matches. And I know I can't cure you with elegant metaphors and attempts to romanticize the agony of your crushed spirit because my lyrics is not as potent as your presence. Your figure reminds me of what God looks like. Your skin is silhouette of his image. Your words lacing in the air like remnants of scripture. My blood rushed with adrenaline because when you're around, there's no competition because the intimate of your every sentence leaves me looking like kids on Rillinan. Stuck. And I'm not content with leaving you because when you're around, there's nothing impossible or improbable or intolerable. You're incredible. Your walk is a wine. Your eyes are blade. And just looking at you make me gaze. Because you're on no man's slave. The power of your cocoa butter fragrance and how you add spice to life. Bite to that sweet. Leave a bad taste in the man's mouth as he is akin to your heat. The flood under your feet where you wash your enemies. My sisters, all my sisters around the world, I want to let you know that your face is like a sunrise on the back of a sad desert. And with one look, you break me down like scriptures. Oh, how imagine the bed be our pulpit and you holding me and me holding you like the good book before service. Your beauty fell on me like warm water because your sin has made its way within through the colors of my clothes right through my skin. Another thing I found, even though I feel you, even though you're not around, for your feelings that I have run for you deeper and wide, some days I feel like I got an ocean inside. And just so you know, this world is, tree, is trying to achieve things and dreams you achieved decades ago. And all I can ask is how do you wake up like this? For to me, you will always be flawless. Awesome. And you're going to read a second? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my second one is going to be um, called We Matter. And I I, I, uh, <clears throat> I wrote We, we Matter um it deals with politics and everything else, um, far as Black Lives Matter, um, Blue Lives Matter. But I, I, I really wrote this in relationship wise too to say that if if you're going through something, you should tell your partner that, you know, not only does that that person matter, but you matter as well. So this is we matter. Let me know when you're ready. Go ahead. Go for it. We matter. Upon hearing and seeing the judge, I stood, I'm not sure when or how long I was on my feet. Maybe it was just my body's way of telling me we have gotten too comfortable. That led my head to memories of our relationship. Face of a mirror of smiling angels. Oh, how I used to grab her hands as she was going somewhere without me. I pray that my inability tries to understand that it is impossible for us to contain the burning feelings we have in our souls for each other every time we kiss our relationships is our ashes into our cries of equality and all I can say is my life feel like it's been routed death. Someone told me once that we're nothing more than words with wings buzzing in the ears of God, begging him to come down here to, for us to praise him up there and look at all we've done. So you tell me who's been robbed. God for wisdom to knowledge to college and prison to leaving, learning lessons and asking questions, giving answers and advice to taking chances in life, some wrong, some right, 
Some burden, some heavy, while others seem light. Some buckle under pressure, while others make it through the night. Because I live and I know what it's like, trying to fight to keep your composure over stress and show your best, especially when all you can do is hold on to what's left, to fill a void that's placed a hole in your chest. But as for me, I can only hope to die a soldier's death while I hold my breath, because I guess it's evidence where you left love footprint. And just so you can say... If I can say, judge, for one to judge, one must first understand it's so hard to find that kind of love in a woman. For what she was to stand and speak is now quiet and deceased. Now, some days of my life seem like hell. Life is real. Life is war. There's one thing for sure. Life is the glory of a war story that proof we all have battle scars. That's why I always say we matter. Thank you. Beautiful. Stan, you want to comment? I'm going to say this, uh, Flawless was such a wonderful tribute to a woman that obviously the great deep feelings for, obviously. But that piece there, We Matter, that really cuts to the heart of it. That was very powerful piece, very, very well done. And, yeah. That's the problem. We've, we've got way too many people being judges and not enough people with open hearts, open eyes, and open minds. Yeah, I, uh, I feel as though a lot of people, when I wrote that about the judges, I feel as though a lot of people only know about, you know, uh, the pain in their heart, right? Yeah. You know, but they don't know about the sensitivity in their heart, you know what I mean? So I wrote that so to reach, like, the judge's sensitivity because, like, I mean, a lot of people come up to a lot of other people big and bad and tough, and they, they, they do things how they want to handle it. But, you know, sensitivity is home. Like, I'm t- how I'm talking to you now, uh, I, I also know that, like, how I'm talking to you now, it can go one ear and not the other. But if I say something that makes you feel a certain way, it's a different total effect, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if it relates to your reality. So, you know, the yeah. we matters. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like you said, we matter. It means what's in each of us does matter. And we have to start taking considerations for that, you know. And you have to let someone express themselves for who they are, what they believe, where they stand, you have to, you know. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. With I understand being sensitive, but when sensitivity blocks you being able to express yourself in a certain way, I mean, you might use words that some people might find offensive, but if that's what truly expresses what's in your heart and mind, I want to hear it, damn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I respect I respect the person regardless of age, agender, um, creed, or color. You know what I'm saying? I respect all people, and I think that's the way the world should be. Wouldn't it be nice? Indeed. Absolutely. Beautiful message in both those pieces. Absolutely incredible read. I'm really glad you're here, and I'm hoping that you'll come back and share a bunch of more. Oh yeah, I, I will. But did did you like it? I did very much so. 
Okay. That, yeah. That's all that matters to me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to take up too much time. I want to enjoy the show, but thanks for having me on. My name is Black Gladiator. You can find me um, on Instagram at money underscore R-I-G-H-T-U-P-T. That's money underscore R-I-G-H-T-U-P-T. Or you can check me on YouTube at G-O space B-I-Z-Z-Y um, space rain and sunshine or catch a body or private. I mean, I write so much stuff and I do so much music. It's ridiculous. But um, all right, I'm, I'm going to let everybody else enjoy the show. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> You're very welcome, honey. Fantastic job. Go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry. I was saying it was great to have you on, man. Oh, uh, thanks. And I was here on the anniversary too, so uh thanks for uh having me. Always this like like they say, you're always reliable. And um thanks for having me on the show. And uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and let everybody uh <laughs> you know, enjoy the rest of the show. All right, baby. Call in more often, okay? Will do. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. I want area code eight three two know that you are not in the lineup. Eight three two, if you want to read, press one on your phone, and we'll be able to get you on. Right now, we have area code nine zero three. Nine zero three, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla and Stan. This is Eric Nelson. Hey, you again. made it on. Yeah, I made good. it back on. Yep. Yes, I did. Well, I uh, wanted to read. Uh, well, I thought it was funny that Mama O was saying that she didn't want to be like me. Probably referring to that I talk too much or I'm too radical. Not for sure. Probably both. But <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that you have a just penis like, and she likes being a girl. Oh, ooh. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It could. That's I mean, it true. could be just down to the simple <laughs> basics. You know, don't that's overthink true. it. And actually, <laughs> and actually, that's funny because I wrote a poem. And this is the one that I'm going to read uh, tonight. And uh, it's called Original Two Heterosexual Genders. So <clears throat> It's to the simple uh, basics. I guess you could say that. So, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. All right. All right, first off, this was... Uh, well, I'm going to read it, and then I'll tell you why, how it was inspired, but okay. Original two heterosexual genders. I'm just a woman, as you can plainly see. With all the correct plumbing, I've got two breasts, I've got a vagina and a butt. There's no confusing me with or for any man, as you may plainly see. Just take a look, and you'll plainly see for yourself that I am 100% woman. I've got no need, want or desire to change my sexual orientation and or my birth gender. I'm proudly submissive and dominant whenever I decide to be, as you will plainly see. Just take a look. I'm completely happy being a heterosexual woman. I'm completely happy and content as I am. Just take a look, and you'll plainly see it. This is uh, three asterisks after that. I'm just a man, as you can plainly see. With all the correct plumbing, I've got a penis, I've got man breast, and I've got a butt. There's no confusing me with a, with or for any woman, 
just take a look and you'll plainly see. I am 100% man. I've got no need, want, or desire to change my sexual orientation and or birth gender. I'm completely happy being submissive and dominant whenever I choose to be. I'm completely happy being a heterosexual man. I'm completely happy and content as I am. Just take a look and you'll plainly see. You'll plainly see it. They're an extremely happy and content heterosexual couple who truly love one another. They understand that it's not popular to still be limited to their born genders and plumbing as well. But they choose to be heterosexual because they were born that way. They have heterosexual sex for both pleasure and even procreation at times. As you may plainly see, just take a look and you'll see it for yourself. That's in peace. Awesome. You know, it was really funny. I had a conversation last week about transgender, and uh, it was more kind of, kind of like a, a heated debate. Um, you know, about if someone was born a man, are they a man? Or if their brain thinks they're a woman, are they a woman? Or vice versa, you know, women and men. And they didn't, they, they just couldn't grasp the concept of. If you're born a man, you're really a woman. And so there was two soda cans standing. There was a or there was a rock star can and a Coke can. And I held them up and I said, okay. And the rock star one was empty. So I started pouring the Coke can, Coke into the rock star can. I said, and I, and I held up the rock star can and I said, now this is a rock star can, but I've just poured all this Coke in it. So is it a Coke or is it a rock star? And he said, well, it's a Coke. <laughs> and I said, but it's in a rock star can. No, it's a Coke. Well then, what you're under, what you're saying then is the package doesn't matter. It's what's the inside. It's what's the brain. So imagine being being born in a male body, but having a female brain. You're not a rock star. You're a coke. Imagine what that's like. You know, and I, that was the best analogy that I could use to ah to make someone understand. You know, the the concept of it. Is it a coke or is it a rock star? Well, it's a coke. The package isn't what makes that decision. For me, at least that's my belief. Right. Well, that's the point. It's like the point of his whole thing. Yes, mm-hmm. this was a heterosexual male, a heterosexual female. They're perfectly fine being what they are, the way they were born, all of that. True. Mm-hmm. Other people, different thought processes. That's all. And like you said, right. if if you think that you are this thing. If in your mind you believe that this is the direction you should go, guess what? That's who you are. Your reality is your reality. You know, that can't be dictated to you. Who you see right. yourself as is who you are. Mm-hmm. And if, you, That's if, right. if you're male and you see yourself more as a woman, then that means you're a woman. Because that's right. what you that's, uh, that's what you believe. That's yeah. correct. Oh, Nyla, Mama O said that she does. She has no penis envy, even though you favor guys. You favor I the guys. I don't favor guys. That's I love what, everybody. She just told me to tell you. She says I, she tells me I flirt a lot. I don't think I flirt. I flirt with everybody. I call everyone sweetheart, hun, and babe. Because half the time I don't know someone's name. Not on here, right. but in, in life in particular. If I call someone hun, I know I'm never going to get a name wrong. Right. That's, That's true. true. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I wanted I to tell you real quickly. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. But I wish I could do that. I mean, I can walk up to somebody and I know the face, but I cannot put a name on it. But most of the time it's guys, and I don't think I could go up there and say, hey, hon, to them. <laughs> yes, buddy. Hey, buddy. Now, that might work. That might work. Hey, buddy. Hey, bro. <laughs> or something yeah, like dude. that. And by the way, what the hell is your name? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's hard when you yeah. see someone out of their normal, you know, like it, it could be the guy who works behind the counter at your dentist office. But because right. he's not in his yeah. normal environment, you just can't place it. Right. You know him, but yeah. you don't. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dennis. So. Oh, Dennis. Eric. Not Dennis. I wanted to see, tell there you. I go getting names wrong. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to tell you uh, how I was inspired by this. Um, I'm writing my seventh book, and it's a Poetic Injustice Offensive Guide is going to be the title. And uh, I'm actually going to have uh, Lady Liberty uh, on it, and she's going to have skills, and uh, she's actually going to have a blindfold over over her eyes, which goes completely well with my injustices which are anything that I consider to be an injustice. So um, I was listening to an old song, which I hadn't heard in a while, and it's one of my favorite songs. And um, I was big into No Doubt when I was a kid, or adolescent, I guess, and one of them's called uh, Just a Girl, and that's kind of where I got the flow of, of the poem. So I just wanted to let you know where I got it inspired from. I've been listening to certain poems and or certain songs and they've been inspiring me my next one's going to be uh shut me up and it's actually inspired by mindless self-indulgences shut me up the song so i got some really good lyrics so but very cool i just want to let you know how i was inspired to write that and i don't know if it's going to be in my seventh book but i am doing a they're coming to to force their genders upon us as well as another one. So, but that's kind of my premise for my seventh book. It's all inspired by they're coming to take me away. The song. So (laughs) I have, I've already came up with like 30 different titles. So it's going to be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll uh, let you guys go again and uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, Nyla, I'll try to get a stone. And I'll send you a picture before I do anything to it. So, and I got to talk to my boss and see how much it's going to cost for them to do the engravings. Uh, I had a coworker. He told me that he pretty much got put on the back burner whenever he tried to do it. So, I'll get the stone and get it polished. And if anything, I'll take it to an engraver. I don't know where, but I'll get it figured out for you. That would be awesome. That'd be the coolest thing in the world. All right, sweetheart. I appreciate it, honey. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure again, Stan. And thank you as always, Nyla. Thanks for the platform and everything you do for us. You're welcome. Good night. (laughs) Good night, Eric. (laughs) All right. So we are closing out the show tonight, Stan, with a read by Mama. Mama's back on. Are you there, Mama? Yes, I am. I'm still here. Can you hey, hear me? 
Hey. We well, can hear you. It was a great show, and Eric knows I was just messing with him. He knows he um, is long-winded. <laughs> but penis envy? I don't think so. <laughs> As a matter of fact, all the penises you have over there that you love, I'm the one to send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you. Oh, God. Mama, I have to tell you this story because you you just said that. All the penises I love. I don't. Yeah. And, first of all, we're not even going to address that. But I have to tell you this story because you said that. Okay. So, my son had just broken up with his girlfriend, and I'm. We're at my mom's house. My son and I are at my mom's house, and we're sitting in the front yard, and and we're talking, and we're being all serious, and you know, my mom's trying to be all grandma-like, and and you know, console console my son but she's she's kind of weird because everything's always about her and so you can be saying you know talking about something and say yeah but for me it was or yeah but did you i did you know everything always gets turned around back on her so you know then sitting there and he's saying you know but you know and, and i really really liked her and so she turns to my son and she's talking about my dad and she goes ben you know i loved dick all my life Oh my and ben God! And Ben and I, and Ben and I, because my father's name was Richard, so Ben and I look at each other, and she's continuing and talking. But at this point, we're not hearing nothing she says. We're just staring at each other, and we both have that look on our face, like, "Please, face, stay concrete. Please, don't move. Don't twitch." Neither one of us moved, trying not to move, but both of us ended up busting out laughing so hard. And I swear to God, if I was ever close to wetting my pants from laughing, it would have been on that day. It was hysterical to hear to hear his grandma sit there and say, "Now Ben, you know I loved Dick all my life." Like, oh my God! Oh my God. God! You did not just say that, Mama. <laughs> well, I miss Christopher, and you know Carlos is my son, and you know Stan is my main man. So you know uh, I'm not, uh, and my boy Eric just talks too long. He knows that, but he's still radical, and I love him. Because this was radical personality. So <laughs> there's no there's no envy here. There's all love. And I, I know, uh, Mama. I was just teasing. I don't want Eric to think I'm ragging on him because I'm not. He's my he's my he's my 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 guy too. So here we go. So frankly mm-hmm. speaking, and um, this is about the old hippies that I saw on the beach. There's a couple on the beach. They have a small room. Been on that beach for years, suffered through the worst of it. They have been through every phase, the hippie, the war, the protesters, the poet, the artist, the free love fest, the heavy-duty weed scene, hell no, we won't go. From there to the boardroom with a haircut and a suit, back to the beach to retire. She still wore pigtails and flowered skirts. Oh, my God, we've moved slower through time, she thought. And those times now seem so far away, contrasting times where we're here with cocaine, ecstasy, and mushrooms, S social security checks, gone too soon. These days were not like the old days, but vegetarians never die. So we dance at night after soaking up the sun, growing wrinkled and red and filled with vitamin D. He displays his art. We play on our boombox. Bob Marley and Elton John, which drew a crowd. We become as one with South Beach as we practiced our yoga or played our musical instruments and chanted, Nam-yo-ringe-kyo, Nam-yo-ringe-kyo, 
my black friend was so beautiful in her bikini and golden head wrap. She roller skated past and waved. She was a poet like me. She said she'd be back for the session. A lot of poems were about David, the owner of the Franklin Hotel, where he, where we lived. I and other poets wrote poems about the system that tried to impose take upon us free-thinking people. People would give us money for sharing our poems and purchase his artwork. We'd buy a few mangoes and veggie burgers for our dinner. Next, we'd wait for the sun to go down. At night, my black friend, Ola Daisy, would collect the last five bucks for her gourmet francs that she sold to hungry drunks left over on the beach who had been evacuated from the clubs for maxed out credit cards. Sad looks and broke and broken pockets were not welcome, which made her hot, fat, kosher, gourmet francs smothered in her special onion sauce even more of a redeeming quality as her poetic sign read, frankly speaking, home of the gourmet franks. Ola Deji would chant out her newly Spanish, newly learned Spanish words nightly to the dregs of the dejected party doors. He shout out, Pero caliente, cebolla salsa, cebolla salsa, rico delicioso. Then again in English, hot dogs, hot dogs, kosher hot dogs with onion sauce. Very delicious indeed. <laughs> Go ahead, Stan. Oh, I'll tell you what, being an old hippie, I was feeling right at home. You know that? <laughs> I figured that. I kind of pulled that one out for you, Stan. Yeah. That was what it was. I was sort of a weird hippie. I, I was the hippie that had the long hair and wearing steel toed boots. Because <laughs> I worked for a living. With, with Bermuda shorts? Oh, hey, let me tell you something. You know, you haven't seen that much white meat since Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, f- I feel like you guys are speaking a language I don't understand. Yes, it was good. I tried to paint a picture for you. Um, I understand that, and then that was awesome. <laughs> that was, that was it's great. like, I don't get it. I do get it, but I don't get it. You know what I'm saying. I hear you. Right. It, it, it should have painted a picture. It's like, you know, we used to roller skate, uh, ride bikes, swim, just be out there, love fest, free love, you know, oh, look at him. He looks delicious. Huh? Maybe I'll hook up with him at, uh, like, you know. <laughs> it was just everybody. <laughs> everybody was everybody. Everything was everything. Just We just had a ball and. We stood for something, too. We, like, chanted and marched and did all that stuff, too. When nobody wanted to go to Vietnam, you know, it was like, we just had a good life, you know. We stood up for what we did. Mm-hmm. And like I said in the poem, uh, we go from there, you know, to um, getting uh, established in society. You know, we would be the councilman and the um, the boardroom chairman and, you know, the inventors. And, you know, we just went from there to where we wanted to take the next level. You know, uh, vegetarians eating good, fighting against, um, you know, pollution and fighting against, you know, uh, um, global warming. Even back then, you know, we, we were just ahead of our time, you know. Something was wrong and wasn't right. We were fighting against it and still have our fun. 
I can remember the lines of an old Pete Seeger song warning about population control, talking about either the people are going to have to get smaller or the world's going to have to get bigger, or there's a few other mm-hmm. possibilities. I'll leave it to you to figure. We'll all be a doubling, a doubling, a doubling. We'll all be a doubling in 32 years. And even then he was and, warning about the idea of overpopulation, and that was back in the 60s. Well, that's not for us to worry about. We're he put here to procreate. That's, um, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I enjoy free love, but let's not get crazy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that was a sign of the time. So okay, I mean, Stan, you just gave yourself some homework. That's a title. I want you to write a poem. I've already got an apple polish. You give more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, it doesn't have. It does not have a stop and go button. So oh, that God. has to get written. You need to just keep a little notebook and keep title prompts in there. So <laughs> what would you say? I'm I'm all for free loving, but what? <laughs> but let's not get crazy. Okay, so that's that's a title. Put that in your title prompt list. So we're glad, we're glad you weren't in charge back then. And um, I know you didn't want to go to Vietnam killing up people and get Agent Orange and all that kind of stuff. People can have, procreate as much as they want to. Just let God handle that. That's not our problem. So, you know, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do now, trying to have, like, you know, population control. And that's what uh, was about with the um, the furnaces and the burning up people and all this stuff. Now they got these children in camps, 1,500 children just sitting up in uh, behind cages, taken away from their parents, no telling what they're going through. Now, I don't believe in that, in that uh, population control, you know. Well, I definitely will agree with you on one thing. It damn sure shouldn't be anything government controlled. I mean, they pretty much handle uh, social services and things like that, like it's a meat market as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you they're know. taking children, their parents at the border. Um, no, it's just, it's just inconceivable. No. And no, it just no. reminds me of. Uh, um, hey, a life, a life that's here is a life that belongs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. It just reminds me too much of the, all the negative, negativity, you know. Well, I would just take children away from their parents. I mean, if you're going to do anything, put them on the bus and send them back across the border. What, what's the point here? I mean, you have a bus right there at the border, load them up, and send them right back. I mean, that's what you're going to do. Don't take them away from their parents. That it's really susceptible to um, a child um, uh, sex trafficking and other harmful things that children should not have to go through in their lifetime. And, it's, you know, it's just a, a better way they could do that. But anyway, that was my piece, frankly speaking, about um, back in the day. Let me thank you for uh, letting me come back on and share. And I love you more than I love you too, Mama. Yeah. My baby. Tell everyone how to find you once again. Oh, oh, yeah, Poetry Soup is my favorite place to find me because um, um, it's a very good uh, site, and I'm a lifetime member, so usually I put all my best work over there. Instead, I'm going to say to you, bye. <laughs> bye. Love you, Mama. <laughs> Love you too, baby. <laughs> all right. Good night, Mama.
fan. It was awesome having you here tonight. I appreciate it so much. You just do an amazing job, and everybody loves hanging out with you, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. All right, baby. Do you want to read one more before you go? Yep. This is the one I did on the last three song titles, and it's it's got a real simple title because it explains what it is. Ranting Limerick. I'm going crazy, self-controlled, committing treason. Raging words, rants, spitting out the demons. Feeling abused, abandoned refuse, while singing the stray cat blues. Still rhyming, not knowing the fucking reason. And peace. (laughs) That was awesome. You are fantastic, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Tell everyone again how they can find you. Right here on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe, World Poetry Open Mic, the group Friends of Wisdom, or Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit, in the uh, group Outlaw Poetry, the anthology group, the Garden of Poetry and Prose. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. And thank you, Nyla. It was a great show, and thank you for this format. <laughs> You're very welcome. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right, everyone, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Appreciate you all being here. If you did not get the writing assignment and prompts at the beginning of the show, you can go come back and listen to it in the archive. In fact, you can do that for about the last two years' worth of shows. If you ever get stuck and need a prompt, you can go listen to the beginning of any of our shows and grab some prompts and the exercises. The ones we're doing for June are awesome, so if you missed them, make sure you jump on there and pen and paper and write them down. And uh, I think that's about it. It was a fantastic night. You guys were just amazing. I appreciate it. Appreciate you hanging out with us. I'm going to close the show with a piece by Jamie Combs called Monster, and we will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. My father was a monster of a man. Self-proclaimed king, built his throne on his children's sorrows. And there were many. It seems like We were always crying back then, always wishing that our father had left us like all our friends' fathers did, then maybe we wouldn't have all these scars, all these whelps and bruises. My father was a big, flared nostrils kind of man, taught me everything I know from how to ride a bike to how to keep myself warm with my own anger. He taught us anger and let us figure out love on our own kept us locked up like China dolls. The sun burned our eyes when we finally broke free. Seeds planted in darkness never grow quite right, and I'm a wilted flower. With social anxiety and notebooks filled with conversations I've never had, I blame my dad. Grandma told us to pray for him, asked God to look on his heart and change him. By the time I was five, I stopped believing people could change. By ten, I stopped believing in God altogether. My father beat the poet out of me. I built my entire story around hating him. After the first stroke, when my monster of a man lay weak and docile on a hospital bed, tears streaming down his face, in 18 years I'd never seen him cry before. And I couldn't feel bad for him. 
He was the causer of tears. After the second stroke, I stood at the door with my arms crossed, sterile whiteness threatening to choke me. He hobbled around the house scattered-brained, calling his daughters by his sister's names, the hand he used to hit us with gone numb. His last words to me were, Jasmine, you know I'm proud of you, right? I didn't. And by then, we'd grown too far apart for me to care about his opinion. I felt nothing at his pride. My father died. Who told you you could leave me? I still had things to write about. There was the part where I proved you wrong, where I finally cussed you out and didn't let you see your grandkids. You weren't supposed to go yet. Who am I supposed to be without my enemy? You always wanted to talk. Now say something. Teach me how to mourn you through all this anger. You've been gone for months, but I've been festering in this for years. Stop looking at me with your eyes glazed over. Mouth sewn shut from the inside, arms across your chest, protecting me from your heart.